It's on. Oh, no. <laughs> that was a fail and a half. Wow. Did you uh, miss the intro there, buddy? Yeah, and apparently I spilled down my shirt. Good start to episode, what is this, 33? Well, I was about to say that. Episode 33 of the Covert Show, and because we don't ever edit anything, half the people listening have already checked out four seconds in. <laughs> All you guys on the Instagram story are checked out. We got an Instagram story going up here for the Covert Show, so hello. We're doing our typical intro. This week we got the Cutwater Lime Margarita because we do a top with the boys every week so that's what we're doing and let me tell oh, you man. you can't possibly top an ice cold truly strawberry oh, lemonade truly. seltzer buddy rocking the tall right boy tonight it is uh that type of show so he's got the tall boy i'm jc over there's nick you can hear him he's doing uh, all sorts of wonderful instagram things uh we've been expanding uh shout out to everybody that follows us on instagram i mean hey uh, you got to start somewhere, and we've been gaining some amount of traction over the last week since we last recorded, but this is perfect into my segue of who is not gaining traction, the New York Yankees. Oh, we yeah. said it four or five episodes ago, you can't stay this hot. Now, can you hold a division lead getting as hot as they did and all that? Sure, but two for their last ten, not as hot but there's still 30 games over 500. So, you know, I can't really say much there. Uh, my blue Jays, 10 games over 500. They're 10 games behind New York had cracked it to nine and a half earlier in the week. Baltimore has given them fits because of course they are. And now Baltimore is within two games of second place in the East. Who thought we'd be saying that? Uh, yeah, that's, that's actually, that's insane. And the funny thing was, is I was looking at this all last night, like prepping for it too. Um, and the Yankees are actually, they've been kind of on a skid too. And the funny thing was, is I think they're like, Oh, I want to say it was like one in five or one in seven, um, since trading away Joey Gallo. And I think that's just one of the funniest stats possible is you get rid of Joey Gallo, who was hitting horribly on your team the entire year. And then all of a sudden now, like you start on that drop and I'm pretty sure it's not just Joey Gallo's fault for leaving. And then just, you guys have fell down the drain but they well, just have not been playing their best baseball in seattle at the moment as well because seattle took a couple from the yankees um they're on a two-game win streak right now they're playing really good baseball this year they're 61 and 52 um they're 11 games back from the astros in the west but i mean still they had the all-star break and they were on a tear they were on like a 15-game win streak going into the end of the wild card and now they're um only half a game back from toronto in the in the wild card standings, and they're a game and a half up on everybody else. And then you got Tampa Bay, who's even, uh, Baltimore, who's even. Which again, like you said, like nobody's ever thought within a, the next like six years we'd be saying that. But here's Baltimore coming back. Twins are now a game fully back, and then it just keeps going down the list. Boston has slipped way, way, way down from uh, before the All Star break. They're five games back now. Boston has been insane. an absolute joke to watch. But looking at the Central. Uh, we talked about New York leading the East, Toronto, Baltimore, Tampa might have four teams out of the East make the playoffs. That is a distinct possibility with as well as everybody's playing. Uh, the Central Minnesota's finally squandered that lead that everybody's kind of openly wondered how long they could hold on to. Uh, they have lost three in a row. Cleveland's won five in a row. And so Cleveland with 
a record of 59 and 52 now leads the Central. White Sox are still there, but it's weird for me to say a 500 team is only four games out of the three and a half, four games out of the Central. So there's that. Uh, the AL West, non-competitive as normal. I mean, there's only two teams above 500. Seattle's that team of will they get in the playoffs? I mean, right now, oh, yeah. and, you know, they absolutely throttled Toronto last time they played in a four-game series. So, yeah, maybe maybe we hope they don't, but you never know uh, with the AL, NL side of things. The Mets and the man whose walk-up theme music, if you will, oh. out of the bullpen, which is a banger, are running DM. away with this NL East. They've won eight of their last ten. And they have a seven-game lead over Atlanta, who has a four-game lead over the wild card race. So go figure. Their Phillies also in that wild card race. The amazing NL Central for bizarre reasons that make sense because baseball have two teams within a half game of each other at the top, three teams that aren't going to make the playoffs but are all within a game of each other on the bottom. Your Cubs aren't last in the division. For today, nope, we jump back up. Uh, those the Cubs right. and uh, Reds playing in Iowa at the yeah, time of this are. recording. Well, this will probably be spit out sometime uh, Friday. But feel the dreams game tonight. Pretty exciting stuff there uh, for the state oh, of yeah. Iowa. Unfortunately, due to construction, I've heard it's rumored they won't come back for 2023. But oh. you would have to expect or suspect that that'll come back after that construction is done but well and so here here's my thing too is you have dyersville which is home of the field of dreams and they've done this now for two years in a row i think this is absolutely great for baseball one it throws it back it throws it back to one of the best baseball movies possibly of all time and then also at the same fact is you have you have the opportunity to just extend the MLB league when everybody's asking for like new things for the MLB to do. Here's one. I think personally as well here, if you're Kansas city too, try to, or even just the MLB in general, throw a game to Omaha because Omaha has the PD Ameritrade park and they did it with the Royals and the Tigers at one point. If you're Kansas city, I'd be trying to make a deal with that and try to get a lot of your fans from like any other state besides kansas city that can't really make it down for a ton of games do that i feel teams like you close. just want to watch kansas city and omaha that's what i'm hearing well the, the thing that i'm trying to go for is if your teams that have like ballparks kind of around the area that i mean aren't getting a whole lot of use like down in um what is it in arizona and tucson the old uh spring training facility that the diamondbacks used to play at that thing is still perfectly operational i played there for the last or i played there my uh, three out of my four years in college, like there was a couple of games there. The World Baseball Classic has it there. Um, they had a or like a regional round or something like that there. Do that at smaller fields that are still MLB size, but just keep selling like tickets like this, where it's like only a few handful of tickets go out. You, it's like a once in a lifetime thing that you keep getting to go to. Do that. Make baseball fun for fans, especially for the younger generation. I mean, the Little League World Series. Um, they've start or they've been starting to do the games there where you can do um, where it's like a whole MLB Player Day. They go sit with all the kids from different teams and they hang around with them, and it's like two different teams square off uh, at Williamsport. 
keep doing that. Just keep making baseball fun. That's the biggest thing I can say at this point is like, I love the game. I love to sit down and watch it, whether it's college or MLB, but still you need to make it fun for all these younger generations and for these kids and the, and like the parents and the families just to keep coming back wanting more. Couldn't agree more. You know, not everybody is as enamored with, uh, baseball as you and I are. And, uh, the NL West is beginning to be run run away with a little bit. Dodgers have won ten in a row. Uh, they're sixteen up on the Padres, Giants, then the Diamondbacks, then the Rockies. Again, sub five hundred, not necessarily in the playoff hunt. And with that being said, this playoff race in the AL, we talked about it, is again similar to last year going to be more interesting than the NL. Now, granted, that NL Central division race will probably stay close, but you look at the uh, AL side of things, the Yankees and Houston are within one game of each other for the number one spot. Remember, one and two get a first-round bye to the ALDS. Others play in the first round. Then you factor in Cleveland, who is about – game and a half, two games ahead of Minnesota as that third team. And then you get into this wild card race, which is really intriguing because you've got seven teams vying for three spots that are separated by about six and a half, seven games top to bottom. You know, mm-hmm. my Blue Jays, they, they've been interesting as of late. We'll just say it that way. Uh, they're the top wild card team at the moment that's still destined for them in Seattle to tangle because that's the way it's been for a while now. But uh, Toronto, two games up on everybody. Seattle is a half game back of Toronto. Then you get into the almighty AL East second, well, third team technically, second wild card team. Will it be Tampa? Will it be Baltimore? They're They're a half game apart. Uh, it'll be interesting, and then you go Minnesota, one back of Tampa, three back are the White Sox, four and a half back Boston, but I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know how seriously of a threat Boston is, even at I, I four would, and a half back. I was going to say, if anything, I would say the cutoff is probably Chicago. The White Sox, to me, are, the, are, are that cutoff to where it's like, okay, these are your teams that are vying for the wild card. <clears throat> well, that's... Me, well, and granted, it, there's still plenty of time left to go because everybody's talking about the fact that Aaron Judge is hitting 50 plus home or 50 home runs, and it's only August 11th today, as this episode is getting recorded. So it's only August 11th. But at the same time, Boston has hit their peak now. Where at the All Star break, they were they were still their going peak was before the All Star break, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> and they now they're starting to hit that kind of like climax and their downfall a little bit. They're starting to get uneven and playing. They played bad baseball for the first few games back after the All Star. Oh, break. they we did, and boy, was it fun to watch! Oh, I know everybody. <laughs> and it would be fun for the Yankees to do the same thing because I would sit there and watch that all day long. But at the same time, though, it's just to me, you have to have at least the cutoff at Chicago, like I keep saying, because that is the last team looking at the standings that will flip. Boston may catch up there, and they may push Chicago back, and they may get a game on them. But Texas, you're nine and a half back. Angels, they're ten games back, and then everybody else is just down the pile. So <laughs> I think 
personally, if you can cut that off at Chicago, Boston and Chicago just keep vying. If Texas decides they want to come back and just make it a season, good for them. There's no chance. Otherwise, <laughs> I know. Otherwise, I think it's the battle between the Sox who's gonna who's gonna take it all on. And then now you just got to keep climbing the ladder, climbing the ladder, climbing the ladder. So. Well, I'm going to disagree with you. At this particular juncture, at this particular episode, I'm going to say Boston's four and a half's right there. I mean, for this part of the season, it's just both of us have watched enough Boston to be like, uh, there's too many good teams at the top. Toronto, Seattle, Baltimore, Minnesota, although they're another one that, by next week, they might tumble below the White Sox, and then we'll be going. It's Minnesota, you know. Yeah. But they're you know they're a game out, so you can't really call any of those teams four and a half, nine and a half for Texas. I'll I'll say yeah, no, I'm not going to go that far. But there's just too many good teams at the top. Oh yeah, and the same kind of speaks for the National League because at the moment for the National League race, you have Atlanta. They're four games up. They're sixty six and forty six. You have the Phillies who are sixty-two and forty-nine. They're half a game up, and they're still three. They're still fully three and a half back from Atlanta. And then you've got San Diego, who's sitting there. They're riding the line. They're even. And then uh, the Brewers are sixty and fifty. They have uh, their one game back in full. So I think that huge top race is going to be just absolutely fun to watch as just a National League fan in general. But it's going to be fun to see who flip flops between one, Milwaukee, and San Diego. And if, if San Diego can ride the high and actually get on track with the guys that they um, picked up from the trade and they make it work and then they build a, build a very good postseason team and run it. The Giants, on the other hand, they fell off a little bit this year. They're seven and a half games back. The Diamondbacks are the next closest team with ten and a half. And then it just keeps falling on down the board. And you got to feel bad because even the Oakland A's aren't even this far back in their wild card race or even in the American <laughs> League. The poor Washington Nationals, they cannot catch a break at all. They are 25 and a half back. Dude, you haven't even won 40 games yet this season. Like, oh, my goodness. You're so bad that a Cubs fan is roasting you. I think it was Luke (laughs) Voigt or whoever the first baseman. I think it was Voigt for the Nationals now. He was – Hosmer did not go to the Nationals for Soto. And he got a ball thrown all the way left of him, and it was high. And it was definitely catchable. He should have made the play. But just the sheer just lack of effort and said, dude, I am so done with this. I was like, oh, my gosh, buddy. I feel so bad for you. But at the same time, I we've said it all. I said it on the last podcast that I did with the Omaha boys. I feel more bad for Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and a lot of the Angels guys <laughs> that are still there that are good players. Because the Nationals right now – and I, I even was talking about this last night, and sadly, I'll admit it, I was talking about it to myself because I'm prepping for one. I got to go solo for the covert. There's nothing what? sad about that. Oh yeah, but I'm, I'm prepping for the covert show, so I'm trying to get my voice down, I'm trying to get it all set up, being a DJ and whatnot. But um, I, I even said it last night. I said you have you have a team of the Nationals that has not been relevant since they won their World Series, like they won the World Series, <laughs> and. I think the World Series and, like, the championship drought or, like, the, the championship hangovers within the last five years of baseball it, just by itself have been so brutal. I.e. Like, Chicago Cubs. Well, not even just the Cubs. I mean, the National <laughs> Yeah, Cubs let's just glaze like, right over that. I know. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to glance 
<laughs> that in Nebraska. He's getting warmed up Broncos for Nebraska back, football where he's just going to oh, glaze yeah. over that too. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? First game is August 27th for Nebraska and Dublin, Ireland. College game day. Be there or be square. I won't be there because I'm square. But wow. <laughs> I'll be watching it. But here's here's the thing, too. Kansas City, back when they won the World Series in 2015, dropped off the map at this point. The Nationals dropped off the map at this point. Cleveland, they they just they're finally getting kind of getting it back. They've been contenders every year, but I mean they just haven't had the same run since they lost in 2016. Um, Playoff, but not pennant contenders. Well, yeah. contenders. Exactly. They they've made the playoffs, but they just haven't had that same like spark about them. They haven't had that just got it, go get it team. They've been a playoff contender, yes. Um, the Cubs, obviously, they've fell off the wagon. I think personally, the Astros or the Astros and the Dodgers have been probably the two teams that have kept themselves in line consistently because they've been both making playoff appearances year in, year out. They, what is that noise? Is that like a cicada outside? I can't. I'm losing my mind i guess i'm sorry i got wow. i'm hearing like a wow. i'm hearing something bounce in my mic and i don't know what it or like my headphones i don't know what it is i'm recording with a new audio board so that might be what it is uh but the strohs they're 72 and 41 they've consistently kept it and they're going to possibly be another world series if not full playoff contender this year uh the dodgers they're 77 and 33 they won a world series a couple years ago and they're Still, just year in, year out, just beating the crap out of everybody. Atlanta. Atlanta's seven games back from the Mets, but the Mets are having an absolutely fantastic year. Their pitching staff is now back to pretty much full strength because they got the ground, they got Scherzer. So, I mean, and if Scherzer can keep staying healthy and so and DeGrom doesn't have to go back down, the Braves are still there, and they traded away Freddie Freeman, and they're still fighting for a wild card spot, and they're still looking to go because they, they pretty much have the same team. They lost Freddie Freeman, and I think they lost one other guy. But they've got um, uh, they've got Ozzy Albies, they've got Ronald Acuna, they've got Dansby Swanson, they've got Max Freed. They have a bullpen to do it. The Braves are still standing tall, so the hangover has been real for some teams. Not every team, but for some. And I think that's what just it, it shocks me the most is how a hangover. In, in sports is consistent of you win a championship and then you just drop off. Because the wild card is still competitive in the National League. You have the Phillies, mm. you have the Braves, you have the Padres, and you have the Brewers who are going to just absolutely duke it out. Okay, Going so where rest- do you draw the line? Like we like you drew the line in the okay. AL where you cut it right after the White Sox. Where is your cutoff of like this team is, this is where the contenders are and this is where the pretenders are? I would like to give possibly the Giants a fighting chance, but I think in the National League, because we've and we've talked about this before, the American League is so much more competitive. Just the, the, the team caliber there is a, a lot more competitive. You don't have a true powerhouse pretty much every year. It flip-flops pretty much every year. Otherwise, the National League, like I said, the Dodgers have been year in, year out for the last almost seven years, give or, give or take plus or minus a couple. They have been that top team to kind of throw hands with everybody and just say, okay, we, it's either take it or leave it. And the Giants have been there as well. But the Giants don't have that same team that they've had within those, give or take, plus or minus one or two within the last seven years, if that makes any sense, because I'm just kind of speaking out of my ass here on how I <laughs> reference that. I would, I would cut the Giants off 
until they can start until they can start showing it. They got a two game losing streak. They're uh, four for six out of their last ten. They're, so for sorry to cut you off, but for those keeping no. score, the Dodgers and NL West titles. Here you go. Oh eight, oh nine. 10 was the Giants, 11 was the Diamondbacks, 12 was the Giants, then 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20 were all the Dodgers, and then last year was the Giants. With yep. the Dodgers notably winning like 105 games still. Oh, yeah, and the Giants were the same way. Giants were 107 and 55. Oh, yeah. And and like I said, you'll have your 100-game winners in in the National League. Don't get me wrong but it's usually the same team. And then you have two teams that usually do it in the National League. One's probably the West, and one one's going to probably be on the East side. The Central is going to consistently stay at heavy 90 wins. And That's because they cannibalize each other. Oh, yeah. They they just duke it out between themselves. Everybody else beats up on everybody else. The, the National League just beats up on themselves. Or, like, the Central beats up on themselves in the National League. Looking at it now, the Dodgers and the Mets are the two top teams in the National League, which is probably, unless Atlanta can get a few games on them, they're 12 back, the Mets have five up, and then the Dodgers are even on. They're on a 10-game win streak. They have the team to probably win another World Series. They have uh, such a great pitching staff. They have Freddie Freeman um, at first base to just even add another milestone to that dynamic offense that they have with Turner Bellinger, um, both Turners, I should say. And... um, Bellinger, and then Mookie Betts as well. You just have a team that's just built for success there. And so I would probably – I would say that the Giants are probably out, in my opinion. I would say your cutoff in the, in the wild card is the Brewers. And it just it's a duke out between who, who can try to get out of that fourth spot the fastest. So on oh, that note, man. because I like to be argumentative, I was thinking – and this was kind of before – we started really diving in, but I'm going to give the Giants just let them hang around here a week uh, of they're not going to catch Atlanta. I mean, you're 12 oh, no, games back of no. Atlanta, but, <laughs> you know, I'm saying this and as I'm, you can just hear the confidence, I'm sure, but I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> I mean, they should be over 500 probably. And, you know, oh, they're yeah. three games under, so you assume there's enough there that they should be pushed over. I'm going to cut it off at Arizona. I mean, 10-and-a-half really? back okay. is a lot. 14 back – or basically 15 back to the top wild card is a lot. So, you know, obviously Milwaukee is going to be there through and through because them oh, and yeah. St. Louis are going back and forth. But well, and, don't cancel the Giants yet. They're they're maybe they're the dark horse team of they've got a lot of work to do. But and next week, you know, maybe we'll have a good laugh about me saying the Giants have a shot if they have a really bad week and they're like twelve games back when we do this next week. But for now, also, give them a shot. So before we move on wherever that that segue was gonna go, I do want to point this out because I think this is hilarious. And we talked about and I need to go get grab my charger for my laptop after I say this. So the American League, it takes, and this is, I'm just looking at full division here, or like full league. In the American League, it takes one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven teams 
to get down to a team that is 20-plus games back from the top of the league, or top of the division. League, yes. Sorry, words are hard. And that's Texas. The Rangers are 22 games back. For the National League, it takes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams to get to the Giants, who are 23 and a half back. Everybody else in the American League before the Rangers, Boston is the first team that's 17 and a half, or like 17 games back. It takes only two teams to get the full, or uh, it takes three teams to get anywhere over 12 games back, and that's the Phillies. The National League is so, is just so spread out that it almost hurts at some point because it's it just, it, it just kind of looking at, okay, everybody beats upon everybody, but most of those teams now at the bottom of the pack are anywhere between the Diamondbacks and all the way down to the Nationals, and that's the Marlins, the Rockies, the Cubs, the Pirates, the Reds, and then the Nationals. But to have a team be eight deep and you're still 23 and a half back, in the, er, and the American League doesn't even have that yet, like, that, that's saying something. That says the competition level is, one, either a lot heavier Not in as the American good. League. Well, okay. yeah. I was going well, the other well, way I'm with the National like League heavier. being a lot weaker. Yeah. It, it's a lot heavier in the American League, or because the competition might be so weak there, everybody's beating up on everybody, and the competition is really good, but you just start getting teams going on a run in the National League. And I do agree. The competition is not as built in the National League as it looks like. Like you, you st- don't get me wrong. You still have great teams in the National League for baseball. Like you have great teams there. You've got great players. You got everybody. But when it comes to just a full blown competition, I will say that I, w- I will say the American League kind of rules overall. And the stat, the stats prove it right here. So one other thing that's really noteworthy here is how many teams are five hundred and above. So you start in oh. the AL, where you've okay. got Houston. New York, Cleveland, Toronto, Seattle, Tampa, Baltimore, Minnesota, Chicago, White Sox, that are all 500 and above. So if you do that quick math, like we like to do on this show, that's nine teams, okay? Yep. So then you go to the NL, and you've got Dodgers, Mets, Cardinals, Braves, (laughs) Phillies, uh, Padres, Milwaukee. Again, quick math, that's seven. And if you go and you can add one more to each side, that's like that borderline team. But the fall off, three teams out of the wild card race, it goes three below 500. Then the Diamondbacks are nine below 500. Three teams in the AL out of the wild card race is 500. Texas is that really big drop off team we've talked about, and they're 13 under 500. So that's another one that's interesting. Of and believe me. When I say I know how the AL is competitive because last year Toronto won 90 or 91 games and still missed the playoffs by one game. There will be yep. somebody that will be looking on the other side of that fence again, knock on wood, that it's not Toronto this time that's going to win 90, you know, somewhere between, say, 87 and 92 games that won't make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Because the AL is that good. But I, I don't yep. know. I think, you know, playing hell, catching up with New York or Houston at this point. Because, and, you know, Toronto like, did get it back within 10 for a second. 
Yeah. But I and don't like know. Said, that AL West, good luck. I was going to say, and like you said, well, here, and this is the fun part, too. The Yankees by themselves within the last 10 games, they've only won two out of their last 10. So they're two for eight in the last 10. But yeah. Like you said, like you said with the Giants, next week we can come back and laugh because all of a sudden, over the span of about five days when we record the next episode, Toronto's going to have baseball. cut that New York Yankee lead in half. <laughs> They're going to be back within five games. I'm liking what it's I'm possible. liking what you're saying. I'm, I'm not liking trying it. to put that down. That's no, exactly. I know. I knew no. exactly where you were going with that. <laughs> what I'm what I'm saying is though is like baseball is such one of those funny sports where yeah, you and I'm going to throw this out here and just just for the the biggest hypothetical in the world. Oh boy. Uh, okay, so mark it down. Is this prediction? No, it's not a prediction. It's just a hypothetical. Because if this was a prediction, holy shit, I would suck in Vegas. You better but, put money on it. It sounds like it's a good oh, one. Freaking hell no, dude! I'm not putting money on this. I'll lose more money than I'll put on it. All right. So the Nationals. <laughs> like I said, you, I know. Just, just wait, wait for the biggest hypothetical ever. Oh my god. <laughs> just, just wait. I'm going somewhere with this madness. It's not going to be going up a good road, but I'm going. Thirty-seven somewhere. and seventy-six, twenty-five and a half back out of the wild card. Let's see where he goes Four, with this. Forty-one and a half back in the National League. <laughs> there is not enough games for them to catch up. Oh, that's too bad. But well, okay. So mathematically speaking, here, I'm going to just look at the wild card because this would. He's just talking be, math would, on a show that's known for its quick math skills. Let's see if he can keep that tradition going. And both of us know, I am horrible at this. <laughs> so, the postseason does not start still for another, like, almost two, like, two months. Yeah, essentially. Almost, yeah. A m- month and a half. We'll give a month and a half now at this point. So, it would take a lot of losses by a certain few amount of teams. The Nationals would have to start just absolutely kicking the living shit out of somebody is it going to happen probably not and i feel really bad but could they still possibly make a run for the wild card in the sport of baseball 100 percent, yes and the biggest the biggest point that i can make to that and granted it happened a long time ago in the early 2000s but i'm going to bring it back it's the money ball approach and granted they don't have the they don't have the money to throw around for the money ball approach neither did the oakland a's but you still have the opportunity to, if you can find a way to get a lineup that just produces on itself a bullpen that is, like, able to bounce off each other, by all means, the Nationals, yes, 100% could. Any team is not out of baseball. The Oakland A's, they're only 18 and a half, or they're only 18 games back. If the Oakland A's decided to just flip a switch and say, okay, we're going to go back to the money ball idea and we're just going to produce a team, and they did that, they could still – they could make a run, but a lot of, a lot of, I know. You're, shut up, shut up. You know where oh I'm going God. with this. There are there are teams within that point of where I, this is more of the line that I was going with. The cutoff lines that we both made. So the Diamondbacks, for example, they could still end up trying to make a run, but a lot of teams would have to lose, and they would have to be extremely successful. The Blue Jays, the Blue Jays could just absolutely beat the crap out of everybody within the next month and a half and completely take the American League East, and that's very doable. But the Yankees still have to continue to, to fall off a drop here. Um, 
and that and they'll just they'll keep climbing the ladder. But like you said, for next week we could make predictions and they could completely flip on us just because baseball is just that funny. It's it's a sport where failure almost helps you at some points just because you have so much success off of it too because you could have a guy that hits a sack fly but he like flies out and gets an out but he gets a run you have a guy who bunts and gets out but he moves the guy over in football you throw an incomplete pass and you don't move any yards at all you might get a penalty flag but you don't move any yards at all basketball you miss a shot if you don't get the rebound you're out baseball there's still a lot of opportunities for that well there you go national fans at 37 and 76, your season's not done yet. Oh, no. Shout it's out done, to Nick. That is, that is a take. Oh, my <laughs> that, Lord. That is, I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but the teams you chose for that were, uh, like were a, interesting. I hey, the- I just want to say, though, going forward, Toronto's got four games in New York in August, uh, three with the Cubs, three with the Pirates, so you should win four, at least four of those six. Yeah. I mean, all these games against Baltimore that I was like, yes, here we go, are now like, eh, okay, they're not as, you know, guaranteed wins. I uh, remember when we started the podcast. At the beginning oh, my of the, God, like, I made fun of Baltimore of the, so bad. Oh, my gosh, the beginning of the summer, too, when we were talking about how <clears throat> MLB decided to just be a bunch of softies and lock it out and not actually come to a deal to help out the people that play the game. And yes, we're. I'm salty about it at least. Um, justifiably so. That was, that whole thing was not <laughs> was not good. Oh yeah. Well, okay. And so here here's also just a quick side note. I'm taking a look at this. Kansas City just snuck on away from the White Sox tonight, five three. So there for White Sox fans, you got a punch in the heart there. So you're back another one. Um, but going back to that, I could I can't count the amount of times that you said oh the 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 orioles baltimore winning our book there checking the back of the pocket like let's go home and i'm just sitting there and i'm like yeah that that's probably true i had i i will say this in in full transparency i did not have a doubt in my mind that you were right like i i (laughs) know i was gonna say there's very few people that were like baltimore is gonna be good this year well and so here they kicked it off in the middle of the year and that's what i'm saying baseball you can slip on a dime because they had they switched up their roster a little bit. They brought a couple of young guys up. Jorge Lopez decided out of the pen to just be magic. And he was he was doing that as a closer. Adley Rutschman, you bring him in. He's a great contact bat. He's a guy that can move around. He's got so much barrel control. Done done decent. Cedric Mullins, he's he's been a little bit kind of slow this year, but I mean still Cedric Mullins has been been a little bit on that side. But you get a a younger group in Baltimore. And here's where rebuilding can be good. And we've gotten down so many segues on this already. It's been 35 minutes, and we haven't stopped talking about baseball. But I'm that's 100% a that's okay a sign it. of a good podcast, right there. Oh, 100. percent And we never say that sports is the the main direction of our podcast. But sometimes we you go never there know like, what's going to be the main direction, and that's why you should listen. <laughs> oh yeah, and wait till later. If you've lasted 35 minutes, just wait till later. There's a big main direction. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad segue. But, well, let me um, let's just say it gets a little X-rated later on. Oh yeah, it it gets a little long. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, we're done. Oh, uh, the but, maturity rate of this podcast is fourteen. Oh, That's as good we as op- it gets. <laughs> we open up Pokemon cards and talk. We about open up TikTok Pokemon trends. cards and make long jokes. 
Okay, oh, but um, that's great. Where was I going to go with this? Um, huh. Baltimore. They've they've had a team that has been. What was it? I think since twenty. I want to say fifteen or four. Yeah, twenty fifteen or fourteen. Within the last ten years, they've been horrible. I mean, they just they just haven't been there. They've had a guy who was one of the even worse than Joey Gallo, batting average wise, and that was David Chris Davis. Horrible batting average. Could not get a hit. Could not even if he made contact with the ball, he literally either had Adam's disease or he just was swinging a, a whole a whole just bubble bat. Like it just hit the bat and it would just not even touch it. Like it would pop the bat. Um. But Baltimore has now found a way to say, okay, here, here's where our young guys can come in and help. Here's where our new team can come in and help. And granted, next year they might not be in the same spot, but when you can bring up some guys from the draft who can kind of group around the older guys and say, okay, here's what we don't want to do this year. We don't want to be last in the division. We don't want to be – and they might still end up being, but the American League is tough. They don't want to be last in the league anymore. They don't want to be sitting there just grinding away their money, grinding away their cleats, saying, okay, we suck. And they've found a way to flip a switch, bounce it up, and, and no team wants to do that. Let's face it. No team wants to just say we're at the bottom of the barrel like, yay, we're, we're at the bottom of the barrel. We get the first draft pick. Everybody hates the first draft pick. You might get the best guy out of the draft. You might even get the worst guy out of the draft because the number one pick sometimes doesn't always pan. But what I'm saying is Baltimore has found a way to prove that young guys, when they get in halfway through a season or they get into a way of finding just a groove to where if you pull them up at the right time, they're going to be there. And sometimes, yes, uh, Bregman, he got pulled up. Bregman got pulled up at the right time. Arizona tried to pull Dansby Swanson up, but they traded him. And then Atlanta pulled him up. And Dansby Swanson has done fantastic in Atlanta. It's all about the time of when you say, okay, how can we rebuild the middle of the year, but what can we do best to just start getting on a run? And I think Baltimore is the best team so far this year, at least, that has done that. So with that being said, looking around scores for today, some interesting phenomenon going. You talked about Kansas City sneaking one away from the White Sox. How about this stat line? White Sox... Three runs on 14 hits, no errors. Kansas City wins this game and gets out hit pretty sizably, actually. Oh, my Lord. Five uh, runs on eight hits and an error. This isn't the only game. The Cardinals, six hits, 12, or six runs, 12 hits, and an error is not good enough to beat the Rockies, the Rockies. who score eight runs on nine hits. You talk about baseball being a weird game. <laughs> Other scores, Diamondbacks beat the uh, terrible Pirates. Uh, nine to three, Boston actually wins a game. Yep. Four three, Rangers get thumped because they're not very good. <laughs> Seven to three, Guardians uh, come back after blowing a ninth inning lead to win four to three in extras. The Marlins three nothing wow. winners over the Phillies who are vying for a playoff spot, and the Cubs are taking on the Reds in a battle of two teams that aren't going to be playoff bound, but. Their records are close, so there's that. And the Cubs, that lady has not four yet, to so two in the bottom of the ninth. It's the uh, good old Iowa Field of Dreams game. We remember what happened last year. Tim Anderson, baby. Walk-off home run. That game last unofficially, year, Unofficially, oh. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to call it. The Reds, the Reds are going to walk this game off. Watch them disappoint right. me, but there you go. You know, oh, I had... Yeah, well, 
<laughs> but last year, holy crap, that game was just an absolute ride to watch. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a Yankees fan. I'm not a White Sox fan. I like the players on both teams. Like, I like Tim Anderson. I like Luis Roberts. I do like Aaron Judge because he's, he's a guy that shows that, yes, you can strike out a lot and whatever, but you can still hit absolute nukes and still hit for an okay average. But at the same time, last year was just insane. The amount of, of, of just pure tenacity. Like, it was, it was a fun game to watch because it was probably one of the funnest games to play. Because think about it. You, the atmosphere as a fan, is hard to top what? for a regular season game. The atmosphere is hard oh. to top for a regular yeah. season game. You are playing at one of the fields that you have literally seen on TV probably as a baseball player, and this is over-exaggerating, but still, it might not be. Over a thousand times. You love watching the Field of Dreams. It's one of the best baseball movies out there. Just because it's a, it was cast so well, it's a classic of just like, if you build it, they will come. Baseball is one of those that just brings people around. You don't, you can't explain it. You can't do anything. Um, um, I'm, I, shit, what's his name? James Earl Jones explained it perfectly. It's like, it's one of those feelings that you just can't get out of yourself. Like no matter how much you try. Baseball is just there, and I think last year's game proved that, proved it. Like, the White Sox and the Yankees last year was just so much fun to watch. And, like, I've, I've watched a little bit of this game tonight. Like, I've been tossing back and forth between dinner and the podcast and everything that we're doing right now. And it's still fun to watch. It's just, like, it's a bunch of guys being dudes having fun on, on literally the dream field. Like, the World Series is the dream stage, but either playing on this field or the Sandlot or – I would probably even throw it back to old Yankee Stadium, like the original Yankee Stadium, the house that Ruth built. Those, to me, would be the three best fields possibly planned. So there you go, right guys. Being dudes should guys be a, being should dudes. be the cracking cold ones, watching baseball, <laughs> playing baseball at all. Should be a one of our many go-to lines in this podcast. One more thing in baseball. Because 42 minutes of baseball talk is not enough. I've got to get your opinion. <laughs> I went to a baseball game Sunday. It was the Blue Jays and the Twins. Great game. Yeah. Uh, Romano blows the save for Toronto. Bummer. But in the 10th inning, and if you haven't seen it, you live under a rock. People oh, were pissing and moaning about it all last week. Or this week, but, you know, closer to Sunday. Anyway. Top of the 10th. Whit Merrifield tags from second to third. Close play, not really. Goes, tags, third to home. Initially, it looks like he's thrown out. But okay. Gary Sanchez is called for not giving Whit Merrifield a lane. At home? At Minnesota. That's right. They actually overturned. So the call in the field was he was out. And I'm watching the monitor. I'm like, but he doesn't give him a lane, though. Now, granted, and this is one of the rare games, Toronto in Minnesota is probably 50-50 Toronto versus Minnesota fans. Yeah. And that's just because Minnesota is actually decent this year. Normally it's 60%, 65% Blue Jay fans at these games. So yeah. they overturned the call, and I thought the place was—I thought the place was gonna just light up. I mean, the fans were unhappy about it. it, it depends who you ask on the internet. Okay. So I'm gonna ask your opinion. I'm assuming you've seen it, since this is one of those 
plays that was me, talked about a lot. And while you look up I, this play, I'm going to say, here's my take. Now, granted, you can probably throw my take out because I'm a Blue Jays fan. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah. But he straddles the foul line. Now, I don't really understand how that's not blocking the entire lane. When the guy ends up sliding between your two legs to get to the plate, that seems like it's blocking the plate. Granted, Merrifield, I think, probably did end up overselling it a little bit, but, hey, you know, a little gamesmanship never hurt anybody. Uh, But, yeah, the uh, Twins manager was irate after the call. Called it one of the most pathetic calls in baseball he's ever seen. I mean, again, as a Blue Jay fan, I get the frustration with this call. Throw it back to, I want to say, the 2015 playoffs. Sin Su Chu holding the bat straight out. Russell Martin bounces the ball off, and it goes in fair territory, and the Rangers score what looks to be, at the time, was the go-ahead run. Toronto ends up winning, so it doesn't matter. But it's one of those plays where I kind of compared it to that when I was leaving of, all right, I think everybody's going to see this and realize that that was the right call. But Twitter on Monday did not confirm that one bit. So I'm curious to what you uh, think looking at that play. Because to me, he bl- I mean, he has to slide all the way through foul territory to get to the plate. There's no, like, uh-huh. straight line to the plate. So I'm curious to hear what you said because, I mean... For those listening, I mean, being a Blue Jays fan, I mean, I can't, well, I'm a, I'm I can't a, have I, a, I, I can't have an unbiased opinion of this. Well, and I'm a catcher too, so this is this actually is insanely intriguing to me. So I'm waiting for the replay here because I just watched, I just watched the play. All right, so here's the ball hit to left field. I'm gonna comment, commentate this when I'm doing it. So ball is thrown home. Merrifield's coming in. What? Please. Give me okay. It's gonna give me a close up here. Hopefully, the audio on my headset or whatever through the Bluetooth is not. Because I watched a game this summer doing oh, high school ooh, games. Ooh. All right, so we're gonna have a hot take on this. If you're pro Minnesota, it's not a hot take. I can promise you that. <laughs> okay, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with more of a just logical take on this. I'm gonna oh, go with boy. the baseball take. I'm going to go, go with the baseball take All right. <laughs> okay. So as I'm watching the play in slow-mo here, and I'm going to – so ball is getting thrown right now, and I'm pausing this at the perfect moment right here. Okay, so as I'm looking at this, Gary Sanchez, there is still a lane to the plate. Granted, he doesn't have to go all the way in foul ground, but he would have to – excuse me, wow. He would have to, Merrifield would have to actually hook around it. His foot might actually get the top of the corner before he even has to touch the hand. The top corner of home plate before he even touches touches it. Wow. Merrifield, Mer, what? Wow. What are you what are you saying wow about? I'm you know, well being a Blue Jays fan, you sound like you would call that Whit Merrifield was indeed out. Because there was a lane there that Sanchez did not block. I I actually would because it looks like at this point in the play, 
where the home plate umpire is, he's looking at the inside of the plate. So from the infield line or the infield view between first and third foul line, Merrifield's foot tries to go all the way to the back corner of that right field foul line, which is in between Sanchez's legs. And Sanchez actually, I think, does give him a lane from what it looks like here. All right, there you have it, folks. That's why you can't yeah. listen to a call in a Blue Jays game and listen to what I have to say about it. Nor a Minnesota fan. We wouldn't, if this was Blue Jays and Cubs, I wouldn't put Nick on the spot like this because, you know, both of us are passionate about our team. So there's a little bit of, you know, I can't give an unbiased opinion. I'll be straightforward with it. There are a I lot of Minnesota don't. fans on Twitter Monday that were trying to give unbiased opinions. <laughs> it's your team. You can't. Sorry. Oh, no. I, but I would there you go. Probably, so I am I incorrect still, in my viewpoint. Well, I, even if it was the Cubs, I would probably be pissed about the call, but I would still probably say that that, that play is just it's tough depending on where Sanchez puts his foot or, like, wherever the catcher puts his foot because I'm always going to be that catcher, or I was always that catcher, that as soon as you would catch the ball, I'm already going to tag you. So I, you have a slight lane, but I'm going to make it as hard as possible for you to try to get around my body and get that lane. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put myself in front of you to be able to get that lane, and you either have to, one, avoid the tag, excuse me, or avoid the tag, or you're just going to get rocked. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come around, I'm going to tag you, and that's going to be it. Reminder that you- the Blue Jays and Cubs tangle coming up August 29th through the 31st. So I just know, I know, I know. We should just do we should just do a a right after the game take each one of those days and make it a podcast of its own. But that's a discussion for another day. Oh yeah. But there you go. (laughs) So the call (laughs) the call on the field should have stood it out according to the unbiased opinion of Nick. There you go, Internet. Don't trust me with making calls about my own team. I'm going to go with we have talked about 48 minutes because two minutes when we Oh, wait till wait till postseason. Wait till postseason. I mean, for oh your team, gosh, it won't be relevant, be but for show. my team, it should. <laughs> this is the new Omaha podcast right here. Yeah, but it's pro, it's pro baseball, not college, but also well, you can catch Omaha pod. There you go. We're, I, we're trying to get free, some interviews. Free shout out for, the pod, yeah. for your podcast free of charge. <laughs> we... We posted another episode, but we're we're just trying to get some interviews with people. So, JC, if you want to come on and even talk about just the the importance of stuff, we'll we'll get a subject that we can talk to you about. But otherwise, no. What what do we got? Are we moving to NFL right now? Is I that, I is guess this is a segue. It's taken fifty minutes and fifty two seconds, but a segue My to the NFL. It. Here's the thing. It's oh boy preseason, so. Yeah. I'm not hyped. Oh, dude, I'm really I, not. I don't care until the regular season starts. Raiders. I saw a oh, we so. got a headline. All right, I'll <clears throat> skip what I was going to talk about. Well, hold on here. We'll we'll get to that in in a second. I did see a headline though. Apparently, I don't. Uh, let me click on this. Well, back. don't be they reporting to... fake news on this podcast, that... Mister. Well, yeah, the Omaha boys would call it just normalcy, but I it's not news. <laughs> I just get my stats and stuff. Okay, so Deshaun Watson, we talked about him last episode. He is playing the preseason game. As you would expect. He, personally, 
I, I understand that, yes, you at this point, there's probably no overturning the only six-game suspension of Deshaun Watson. Uh, I would hold there, that. There, there, I there. would hold that thought, but sure. <laughs> I'm yes. I'm I'm speaking on the the just at at the moment, but yes, there probably hopefully I I 100% praying that there is, but he is the starter for the preseason game. I call and I know that we we have the explicit on this. And oh well, with what we're going to talk about later, it's not going to matter. So let it fly. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> I I I will say this. I am going to call fucking bullshit. Ooh, wow. Why, spicy. Dude, Why I'm, dude, I'm, so I'm spicy? heated about it. <laughs> you, if you've been suspended within six games of the regular season, I don't care if it is preseason. I don't care that the games don't mean shit. You literally got suspended for six games in the regular season. You should not be allowed to Practice, maybe. I will give you maybe practice. But in the preseason, you should still not be allowed to take snaps. I will say it right here, right now. You are not allowed to take snaps in the preseason. And that 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 is just where I am at. I don't know, like, how how else to explain that. You cannot take snaps in the preseason if you've been suspended 16. Here's my take with this whole thing. I'm with you right. if that is a final suspension. If it's not being appealed. But I think the Browns loophole right now is that the NFL is going to appeal this or is in the process of appealing it. I haven't paid the closest of attention because he should be gone for a year and anything at minimum a year. Let me let me at, at minimum a bare a year. minimum at minimum a year. He won't get that much. I don't think just because that's unfortunately how the NFL works. But. He's able to do this because it's not a final suspension, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because they're appealing it. Had this been a final, like this is his six games done, I think that you would enforce you're not doing preseason. I, That's yes. just my take. I could be completely wrong with that, but I think just because it's not finalized and they're not precisely sure what the punishment is, that they're going to be able to, for whatever it's worth, by the way, he's going to miss six games at minimum. I mean, you hope more. I mean, but we've already talked talk, about that. So yeah, and that <clears throat> and that year's a minimum. I mean, we've seen all sorts of other uh-oh. infractions get more for doing less. And here, here's the thing that I'll say. And I'm surprised that the NFL has not put this as a clause in any suspension point that is at the beginning of the year or prior to preseason. Like prior to the beginning of the year, whether uh, like in the middle of spring camp or from the year before, whatever. You know what I mean? The NFL has not put in a clause that said if you get suspended for the first games of the season, whether it be one, whether it be two, or even for like the first 12, like – if you get suspended for any games at the beginning of the season, I'm surprised there is not a clause that says you cannot actually do spring, like, the preseason game. I, I, I really am. Because at the same time, they're not games that matter. I get that. Like, preseason is the same thing as spring training. And, yes, spring but, training matters 
like spring for both sports matters because you got to get your rookies in there. You got to get your your guys that don't play a lot to see if they've proven that they can make the roster, they can be there, everything like that. I get that. That is what's important. But if you have a guy that gets suspended and does not put the team before himself and does stupid crap like this, by all means, take those take those away. He wasted his opportunity. I, I would hope to God, and granted, this is not me just saying this on the air because I, I should. This is me saying it because I, I would hope it would happen. If for some reason something came out where I just did something that was against team guidelines and was against this, against that, and I was still playing and I got hit with it, I understand, like, I would be upset about it 100%. I'd be like, okay, well, a lot of guys have gotten off for a lot less, or like, gotten off for a lot worse. Why do I get suspended with this? But it's like, dude, you broke guidelines. Like, there was the, there was a U.S. sprinter, and I forget what her name is at the moment, but she was supposed to go to the Olympics. And she. Oh, uh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Richardson, Shakar, yep. it's like, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But she, she released a statement. She said, I 100% understand where I was in my emotions. I under I 100% understood what I did. I messed up. <clears throat> and she she understood it. 100% good for her. Like if you understand that you messed up and you're getting you're getting some lashback for it, then good. But Deshaun Watson was literally sitting there in the court. We all know it. He was like he was fighting for it, just trying to say that this none of this was real, whatever, yada yada yada. And then he only gets six games. He's sitting there in the back of his mind going, hell yes, I got away with that. I can still play in the preseason, whatever. I still have an opportunity to get my job. No. No, 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 no. I will say it. I will say it right now. If you get suspended within the first few games of the year, you do not get to play preseason, whether it's NBA, NFL, or MLB, or all the other major sports. If you get suspended for the first few games, your preseason is stripped away from you. That's your opportunity. You wasted it down the drain. I would hope it would happen to me if for some some reason I did something wrong like that. If I if I was in sports or if I was ever in that opportunity. So, I mean, it there are plenty of guys that are sitting there just fighting tooth and nail for a job. And they are doing a hell of a lot better than some. So that's my opinion on that, and sorry, I had to I had to get that out because that that literally pissed me off when I saw that or the other day. I can't blame you. It's similar to I'm not going to name names, but other things that are going on in our world of the punishment they should get versus the punishment they will get <clears throat> is not even close to what what they should get versus what they will get is not even close to what it should be but anyway not not going down that rabbit hole but preseason scores raiders beat the jags last week 27 11 the going back to the mlb cubs no comeback for the reds cubs win 4-2 so there you go had a boy the cubbies win one yeah Uh, buddy we got the w flag behind us We'll probably do a story on that Instagram story. Instagram story will come out tomorrow, by the way. Nick's going to do some fun editing with it when he gets to work in the morning. There you go. Giants are with the Patriots tonight. 23-21 Ravens. Clobber the Titans. It doesn't matter, but that's a rivalry game. 23-10. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, preseason, we're just going to say today because we record this Thursday, but for Friday, Falcons, Lions, Browns, Jags, Jets, Eagles, Cardinals, Bengals, and Packers 49ers. Games coming up Saturday, Panthers, Commanders, Colts, Bills, Bears, and Chiefs. Look out, here oh come the Bears. They're going to win a big one. Broncos you, and you Cowboys. Said, yeah, well, I Russell Wilson hopefully will shut out. You said Commanders, and I said, wait, what? Washington football team, baby. Dude, what? I, oh, my gosh. I, I was on the bandwagon, and I, I know for a fact we've talked about it on this show, but it's been a while, so I'm going to bring it back up. I was in the camp of leave it Washington football team. That's as good of a name as you're going to get. Dude, I to be honest, I was on the point. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie. It's a Keanu Reeves movie. Very just funny, good, good quality movie. If somebody says it sucks, then it's a sports movie. It's not supposed to be real. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be just entertaining. Nick's going to fight you. That's what's going to happen. Dude, I will fight you. Don't trash talk his favorite movie. (laughs) (laughs) But the Washington football team at the time had the perfect, 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 perfect team to pick from. And it was a movie. And I guarantee you they still had a deep enough pocket to, I believe, pay Warner Brothers or Fox or whoever directed the movie or, like, produced the movie to say, hey, we want to buy this name and we want to call it the Washington Sentinel. And if you've seen the replacements, you know exactly what the hell I'm talking about because I want to see Danny Bateman rip some head, or I want to see a bunch of guys in Danny Bateman jerseys with bloody noses because they are, like, painted bloody noses, like the fake uh, movie blood going down their nose, the Shane Falcos, the, um, I want to see the, the, the leg. I want to see everybody's jerseys from the original replacements movie, and I want to see Washington completely change their colors to that scheme of the red, white, and blue of the Sentinel. Well, you can keep dreaming. They're the Commanders, and they play the, <laughs> they play the Panthers Saturday. Uh, oh, other wait, games. hold on. Is, is Baker going to start, or is Sam Darnold going to start? I haven't seen what. I Panthers don't know. Like I said, I don't I pay hyper-close attention I did see the most close attention thing I saw was the Blue Jays got Jackie Bradley Jr. So back to baseball. That's occupied an hour of this podcast, and I am damn proud of that. Okay, so <laughs> apparently uh, Panthers head coach has not uh, – Matt Rule has not released the starting quarterback. He will probably end up releasing it two days Well, before. the starter for week one has to be Mayfield. Oh, yeah. Doesn't it? I mean, you don't bring in that kind of gunpower and then just go. And and Darnold improved, sure, but you don't bring in Baker Mayfield and be like, oh, yeah, sit on the bench and be a second stringer. Here's here's the one argument I will make for Sam Darnold. And here's also the the argument that I'll make for Matt Corral, who is um, the draft pick that they got out of Ole Miss this year, who's the quarterback, or the draft quarterback that they got. Sam Darnold. When he came out of USC, he was a quarterback that was able to throw down the field. He never really, he was okay at short balls, but he was good at being able to throw anywhere from 15 to 20 yards with slants and a little bit of an out route. Sam Darnold was a guy that can still read a defense. He couldn't really scramble for much, but he would would stay there, take the hit, throw the ball. Baker Mayfield, on the other hand, is a guy with just swagger. 
he will take the hit. He will try to deliver a hit. He'll run. He'll do what he can to get that first down. Sam Darnold, no doubt in my mind, would do the same thing. He just doesn't have the swagger. Personally, though, yes, I do agree. If Baker Mayfield doesn't get the starting job week one, there is something wrong. But Sam Darnold at least deserves his opportunity to say, okay, here's where I can actually improve this team before you decided to pick up Baker. And the Browns, on the other hand, well, they're just screaming and crying because they gave up a guy who might lead the Panthers because he did it with the Browns. So he could do it with the Panthers because they were the same amount of bad. They don't have the same weapons. Same amount of bad. My God, going to Carolina is a whole five games better than when he went to Cleveland. They'd won like four games in five seasons. I know, but still, I mean. You could make the argument Carolina's a playoff team. You know, we're going to come up a couple weeks, a couple three weeks from now. We're going to talk about our picks for all this, and we're going to do a probably a two-hour episode. We're going to try to get RC back for that one, maybe even a guest uh, for that podcast. But you can make a very fair argument about how Carolina, because the NFC South outside of Tampa is not very good. Oh, yeah. Panthers could be that sneaky, you know, they're not going to topple Tampa I unless – all sorts of surprises happen during the regular season, but I don't see them toppling Tampa. They could be a sneaky no, I, wild card team. I, to be honest though, I think if you actually take a look at that NFC South, granted Atlanta has Atlanta's just down. Atlanta is down. I'll say it right now, and that, that's early. The Saints, the Bucks, and the Panthers. If the Saints actually could still prove where they're at, but I'm gonna I'm gonna still slightly narrow them out. I think it will actually potentially be a dogfight between Carolina and Tampa. Woo-hoo! I would love to see it. Oh, our first hot take, and we haven't even gotten to the pickums yet. Wow, <laughs> I know. Woo-hoo! But I I just think Baker, especially this is the this is the biggest fact of it. He is in the division with Tom Brady. He was in the same league as Tom Brady last year. He is now in the – and granted, he still is in the same league. Don't I don't want somebody to actually write in on the show and say, Nick, you don't know what you're talking about. He still is in the same league. Yes, he's still in the NFC for the love of God. But, but he is now in the same division as Tom Brady. I guarantee So you're going with the idea of he's going to rise to the occasion. Oh. He's going to play up to his competition – like he did in the AFC North where, you know, they go and they just destroy Pittsburgh in that first-round playoff game. So that's what you're saying is he's going to be able to play up to Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. Dude, I don't even want that level. I want the Baker Mayfield that is literally looking across the sideline at Kansas, grabbing his, grabbing himself, shoving <laughs> it in their face, and then I want a, flat, a Carolina Panther flag Stab in the middle of pirate country. Oh man! I want Baker to be swag, daddy. Number one, at least one game. At least one game. I don't care about the rest of them. I want Baker to absolutely come out and just shove it. I want Baker to be that guy that just says, "Okay, I moved to a team. I carried a team to the playoff once. I can do it again with Carolina." who already was an okay team, and just 
it's a better, I, I would say, better standards than when Cleveland was when he found them and just pick no them question up. about that. I I want oh okay hold on here, but I I just want Baker Mayfield to just be able to come in and tell tell Tom Brady to just to hold his beer and let him take over. All right, there you go. We're getting we're getting pumped for some NFL picks again. Couple. Uh, probably like two episodes away, three episodes away. I stand corrected. I forgot how a calendar works. Anyway, NFL preseason: uh, Seahawks, Steelers, Dolphins, Bucks, Saints, Texans, Broncos, Cowboys, and Rams. Chargers Saturday, Sunday sees the Vikings and the Raiders next week. Starts on Thursday with the Bears and the Seahawks. And again, counting down to uh, the Bills and the Rams, September 8th. So by the time this gets out, it'll be uh, under a month before opening kickoff. Uh, Bears 49ers. We'll talk about everybody's podcast teams here. Bears 49ers could be interesting. Uh, we'll uh, see. Broncos get a Monday night game because, of course, they do. And the Ravens. Well, they got Russell Wilson this year. And the Ravens play the Jets. Bet the mortgage on the Ravens in week one. There you go. You heard it here first. And with that, it's a joke. It's a TikTok, be a man. That was from last year where they're like, bet the mortgage on the New England Patriots. And I (laughs) rolled. Every time I hear that, it just kills me. I think it's the funniest thing ever. But, yeah, we're going to get more into pro football once it's it's go time, if you will. A lot of... uh, Interesting schedule things. I know we talked about it last time with the Broncos, but they get a lot of primetime games, so you'll get to see your team get embarrassed in primetime or Russell Wilson lead them to glory in primetime. You never know. I would hope Russell Wilson does. There there are so many teams this year that have... Um, oh, my God. Listen been, to his optimism. It's kind of refreshing after last year just being bad. Well, I, dude, I'm optimistic every year. Do you know... Do you know where I'm from? Here's the deal, the buddy. Let from? me tell you something about following teams that are horrible <laughs> and still every year being like, "Oh yeah, boys. This is our year. The Bears are going to the Bears are going to do it. The Devils are going to do it." I can't say Toronto because Toronto is a genuinely good team now. But every year you know, Rage and Cajuns are a pretty good team. Colorado basketball is one that's like Oh, we're going to make the big dance this year, and then they don't. The Bears football, they're, we're going to make the playoffs because I can't say win the division because Green Bay is there. But, yeah. yeah Green, so Green I know your feeling. of I'm optimistic every year, but I check out like four weeks into the season <laughs> after they start off one and three, and Green Bay hasn't <laughs> lost a game yet. All right. So you made the statement about Chicago and Green Bay. Well, during, hold on. So hold on here. I'm going to I'm going to get to the point, but she'll probably come on for the NFL talk because she she actually is. Oh, it's a she. Oh, Green Bay knowledge. Get the hell out of here. Oh, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> no. So she uh, I said Green Bay and just kind of laughed and she's sitting in the room now and she looked at me and she like here? Made the hand of carry on. So my he, girlfriend is in the room while you made the Green Bay conversation. So yes, I do have a. I, the worst part is is 
I have a I have a girlfriend who is Green Bay. I have family who is Vikings fans, and I have you as a podcast co-host who is a Chicago Bears fan. Here is <laughs> the hot take of the North. Colin Cowherd's oh, no. talked about it. I've got a better one yet. Oh, dude, Colin. The Here's the going- thing. I I haven't, you know, we got two weeks, three weeks to make this podcast where we're going to talk about our picks. I want to, in an upset special, if you will, Vikings, Bears, Packers, Lions. That's what I want my order to be. I want to be, and it happens every year, like you with the Broncos. Every year I want to be optimistic of, hey, Chicago will surprise me. But okay. Minnesota last year, and I hate Minnesota. Not as much as I loathe Green Bay. I hate Green Bay on a whole nother level. But I hate Minnesota. But they were damn close at points last year. They, they've yeah. lost a handful of games by one possession. I could see, and granted, you know, there's a lot that's going to play out before our picks, but an early observation, Minnesota could possibly win the North. And it amazes me, as much as I loathe Minnesota and as much as I loathe Green Bay, but maybe Minnesota's the team to beat in the North this year. That Okay, so that that's a hot take by also, because we'll point it out, because I did, and that, that's where I was going with this. Hurd made the comment. He goes, <clears throat> I think Minnesota's the hot seat. <clears throat> yeah, I think they have I a could potential see chance. I don't I, like I how I, I I think it's bullshit how he has Detroit above Chicago. <laughs> I don't oh. respect Detroit one bit. I oh, haven't no. respected Detroit one bit for pfft. as a Bears fan. That's nice having one team in the division that you're going to either be only a little bit worse than, but I don't know. Green Bay is that team, and it's too bad you didn't have speakers that she could hear this, but. Green Bay is that team that's great in the regular season. They're like Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, if this makes sense. They get to the postseason, and they forget how to play football. They are the easiest team, and I think we had this conversation on the podcast last year when they went and played San Francisco uh, in the playoffs, and I called it. I said, this team will lose to San Francisco. Yep. The Packers in the the postseason – are just a wild card, an an, an eight ball, if you will. She'll they take, got just take your throttled by Atlanta the one year. Oh yeah, and they the thing about it is, and I don't feel bad for Packers fans because I loathe the Packers. But if it was any other, like say they were your Broncos, I'd feel bad for you because, damn, your team's good in the regular season, and. Damn, your team is bad in the postseason. Dude, sometimes we're not even good in the regular season. We're just, we're like, we're skitting by. No, I was using the the comparison of like, okay, say you're like the Packers. Oh, dude. But like, oh my God, they're so bad in the playoffs. And it's predictable. It doesn't matter who they play. Here's the worst part about it. There's not a worse part. It's funny as hell watching them lose in the playoffs. Oh, no. I I will say, it it is kind of entertaining watching it. Well, you can't say that too loud with her being in the room, but, yeah, it's funny as hell. I'll justify myself. I don't give a rat's ass on this one. (laughs) 
had a boy. Well, she she also left the room, but she left the room. Ah, in full I, disclosure, I don't know why she left? She probably oh. was thinking you were going to talk good about her Packers, so she just left. <laughs> so here here's my here's my take on the Packers. Of watching as much NFL as I have, and within the last almost two years of watching Packers football, because because you had to. <laughs> well, I I do like. I like watching teams that are entertaining, and to me, the Packers with Aaron Rodgers are entertaining. And Herg made the comment about this as well. We've, we've referenced him a lot, but yes, he, he is right on this. Tom Brady, and I'm, I'm going to make two different references here. Tom Brady, when he gets to the regular season, is still a good quarterback. When he gets to the postseason, he is a great quarterback. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's about. If there, there is a postseason Tom Brady, and there is a regular season Tom Brady. Regular season Tom Brady is just good. He knows it. Like he's almost just playing nonchalant. He's la- he's very laissez faire about it. Laissez faire. Shout out to that. Wow. Yeah. Word of the day: toilet paper. I got it here in Winterset, Iowa. <laughs> but Tom Brady in the postseason is a completely different mindset. Like. It does. He he gets so much more upset about the little thing. Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, which that's who because also does everything get matters twenty five times as much in the postseason. Oh, one hundred percent. Aaron Rodgers cares about the little things in the postseason. Don't get me wrong. Aaron Rodgers in the preseason completes almost. I think it was twenty five, at least twenty to twenty five percent more of his passes in the regular season. In the postseason, he is still a sixty percent passer. Like le- even almost even less than that. And this is a stat that I got from the herd, so this is not me just pulling numbers out of my ass. And I believe this is correct. I hope it is. He is not good in the postseason. One, I think he tries to force the situation. Postseason ball turns him into the okay, like I I'm scanning through my numbers, I'm scanning through, I find it, I find it, I find it. The postseason Packers, on the other hand, is the stat that I want to take a look at. The postseason Packers have proven the fact that Aaron Rodgers ends up on the ground more than he does in the regular season. I don't know why it is. I don't know what the factor is about it. And I guarantee you Colin Cowherd has got – he's got that on lock. I'm guarantee you every – Shout NFL out to Colin analyst, Cowherd. This show uh, really is we're, referencing we're, we're the hell – yeah, we're gonna boost his ratings. I don't mean to do. I don't mean to do it, but it's relevant because I saw this the other day, and I did want to bring it up on the show for preseason or not. So here, here's the factor about it: the Packers in the regular season are able to play really, really good football. They're able to play solid football. They have a. Couple it helps of being in yeah. the north. I'm just gonna throw yeah. that out there. One hundred percent. The Cardinals last year, they never should have lost to the Cardinals because if the defender actually would have. Steps in front of the ball, one more step, there was an interception. The receiver had his back turned. Kyler Murray got lucky. And I will say that until the day I die. Kyler Murray got lucky. That well, I thought the Packers Kyler. won that game, didn't they? No. They lost. It was worse. They lost because Aaron Rodgers drove down the field and he scored. The Packers were going nuts, and then they gave up the lead and they lost. But besides that, Aaron Rodgers in the regular season – when you have a drive, so I'm going to stop you there. Last oh boy, year, the go. Packers did beat Arizona in Arizona 24-21. And as I recall, Kyler Murray oh. threw an interception late in that game. 
Oh, no, and no, the Cardinals got screwed. My bad, my bad, my bad. The Cardinals my bad. got screwed. Yes. I'm thinking about that way wrong. Yep, you're right. You're right. That's shit. Because I watched that game. I stayed no, up. No, you're good. Vote. I was just thinking because I remember watching nope. it, and I'm like, go Cardinals. And then they got screwed at the end, and I'm like, oh, my God, here we go again. The Cardinals receiver didn't turn around. That's, That's right. That's what yep. it was. Yep. yep. Okay, I ha- I just had it completely mixed up. The, Cardinal, <laughs> or the Cardinals defender, not receiver. Okay, so there we are. I had the right situation, just the wrong teams in it. So, back to my statement. Aaron Rodgers in the regular season. Two minutes or less between him and Tom Brady. Granted, it's more luck than anything. I would honestly, I would prefer Rodgers, especially on a deeper situation. With Tom Brady just marching down the field, yes, I would take Tom Brady all day long. Aaron Rodgers on a deep ball threat. 100% 100% I'm picking him because his success rate, and I don't know how the freaking hell this happens, but Aaron Rodgers trying to throw a deep ball within the last 15 seconds of a game is just God looks down at the field and says, oh, Aaron Rodgers is playing. A receiver or somebody in a Packers uniform is going to be within 30 feet of that ball and magically catch it. That's, that's how I see it. That's exactly what happens. I've seen it done exactly. to the Bears. <laughs> exactly. Everybody's seen it done to anybody. <laughs> Poor, Detroit. Poor, oh, Poor Detroit. Poor Detroit. In the postseason, though, Aaron Rodgers cannot hit the broad side of the barn. One, because he rushes so many throws. Two, he's getting hit almost every five seconds. And three, I don't know what it is, but the postseason with the Packers, and we we just said it, they can't play football. They can play okay defense. They can play good enough to keep them in the game somewhat, but they can't play offense in the postseason. And that, that, that... That is where Tom Brady will take the cake on. If you are looking for a year-in, year-out guy who can drive you down the field in less than two minutes. Oh, yeah. It's not even close. And I hope to God some some new guy comes up and says, hey, I'm going to be that guy that will drive you down the field two minutes or less, give me the ball, let's go. And he has the best success rate possible. I want to see somebody replace Tom Brady. One, I don't like Tom Brady because he is good. Wow. And because he he has beaten so many so many teams on a lot of just pure and Aaron Rodgers has done the same on just pure luck four lines. But Tom Brady and everybody will say this, Tom Brady for the fact that he is good, everybody dislikes him because he will beat you within less than less than a minute. And he has done it in less than a minute. I want a quarterback to come up and replace him and be the guy that I just absolutely hate because he leads a franchise Mac there. Mac Jones, the enter the scene, baby. No. <laughs> I, I truly I don't think Mac Jones is the guy. I think I think he's a guy who just replaced Tom Brady as a form. I don't think Mac Jones is the guy that says, all right, I got two minutes, I'm going to lead it down the field. I want Baker Mayfield to be that guy, honestly. Ooh, I don't mind that take at all, but, yeah, we're going to. I like the swagger, man. Well. Unless you're on the other side of it. Yeah. Well, the other side of it is... My if the Bautista bat flip in here. 2015 taught us nothing, i.e. Ruganet oh, Odor punching the shit out of him the next year, if you're on yes, the wrong sir. side of a big moment, you get butt hurt about it, and that's just the way she goes. Oh, 100%. You know what is going to be butt hurt about it? My fridge after I steal another beer. Give me two seconds. <laughs> All right, on that note, we're going to jump into Papa Roach falling in reverse. Hollywood Undead and Bad Wolves are in Sioux City coming up today. Friday, of course. Saturday, they're in Dubuque. 
Sunday. They were in Green Bay, Wisconsin. They're on tour as, uh, again, the Papa Roach falling in reverse Rockzilla tour, including Hollywood Undead and Bad Wolves. I mean, half of that I want to oh. see. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on. Are we allowed to say Bad Wolves? Because wasn't there, we talked about it earlier, wasn't there something that happened with their lead singer? I don't know what it would be. I think so. And Gosh, I can't. Now that you say that, I, I'm literally thinking about it. I can't. Uh, I don't know. Papa Roach and Hollywood Undead is the main two that I'm excited to see. Uh, and where, where is this again? Well, I was Sioux walking. City tomorrow. Dubuque Saturday. Are you? Are you I'm are going you Friday, yeah. Dude, wait. So are you seeing Hollywood Undead then or no? Oh, yeah, boy. They're with uh, Papa Dude, Roach. You know I love Hollywood Undead. Well, then go to Sioux City on Friday, my guy. I'm going to Omaha or Omaha. Well, I don't know when they're in Omaha. Well, I, they're not going to be there the last time I, the last time they were that I can remember. I was oh. like 16 and I was trying to win tickets off uh, 89.7 The River. 89.7 <laughs> The River. That's where Rob Zombie and uh, Mudvayne were on oh, Saturday, yeah. where it was 110 degrees. It was hot as hell. But yeah, anyway, that's the tour of the week we talk about. Uh, it'll be, uh, should be fun. Papa it'll Roach. It'll be posted all over the Instagram story, I hear, I hope. Oh, well, yeah, we're, we're doing better social media wise. It helps when you have a lot of concerts that 90% of the group goes to and one person just goes to everything but rock. It helps when you have the dream team working on social media. We're all, this podcast is, if nothing else, a great learning experience for everybody involved. Oh, 100%. So... Hey, you know, social media is probably annoyed with us a little bit as much as we posted last weekend, but, you know, you got to start somewhere. That's the uh, Papa Roach tour along with Hollywood Undead, and now it's time. I got to get the record book up here. So we have a one, one, and two record through two pulls. Nick won last week. A man amazingly i might is, add is this, is this where we're actually starting the poll here are we getting this pokemon ready? city here we go well jesus right. we're an hour and 26 minutes in we gotta go we gotta get it going well, so dude. one one and two two ties one, one and two. you got one i got one i wish the four would have been a little bit of a better pull but hey you know what that's uh just the way it, it goes I've got for mine. It's a blister pack of ast, uh, yeah, astral radiance. Oh, there you sword go. Sword and shield. Mine are pretty much the same thing. I got to get the old camera ready, and uh, once you decide who's going first here. I mean, I got my camera ready. She's up and going. So all we right. Well, there you go. Rolling. Looks like you're going first. All right. No pressure. <clears throat> Can he right. make it two weeks in a row? That's the real question. That is the real question. Can I do it? Well, we're going to find out. Hyvee decided to throw a quick one on me and said, hey, we're going to move the Pokemon cards. And also, the fact that I literally bought three of them, I don't care. Hey, <laughs> I got it open without a knife. I got it open without a knife this week. That's a wow. big plus on my We're end. getting so good at opening Pokemon cards. <laughs> Granted, we, by the way, do- I just want to shout out this podcast. We have saved our best segment for last. Oh, dude. And our time. second to best segment right now. This, oh, yeah. This is always fun. So, uh, spoiler alert, 
there is, you wonder why this podcast got long. Well, there's there's another longer reason to it, but we'll get there later. <laughs> we've, been, we've been so immature on this, it hurts. All right. <laughs> oh, he's back with it again. Oh, my God. I know. Hold on. I'm going to shut my door real fast so I can actually reach it with my cord before I open, oh, wow. open the guard. All right. Because I'm getting loud, and apparently somebody is going to Somebody's upsetty spaghetti about it. Nah. Cheater. <laughs> So we got we got the Pokemon card here. We got the the promo code. You can take that. I'm gonna hold it next to my Shout face. Shout it out! I actually have the camera in focus this week. If Better than can me. Remember, because I. Oh yeah. Well, no, no. JC is always the top man. If anybody <laughs> remembers, if anybody remembers, I got this last week. It was a very shiny card. You wow, he is just bragging it up. Brag up your win, man. But we got a uh, we got a Taylor uh, X. We start off with a Glammeow. Glammeow. Just Glammeow for this there week. Yeah. Not bad. A little bit of a Gen. I think that's Gen, gen 3, Gen 4. Uh, we got a trainer, a Commando. Commando, Commando. So there's that guy. Oh, we got an over. Or we got an Overquill. We got another one. We pulled one last week, and we also pulled the evolutionary form of that. But I, I do like that card. It's a nice, it's a nice art card. Oh, we got a Uxie. There we go. We got a little psychic type. We got a UC. We like those. They're one of the, um, I think they might actually be a, like, rare. They're one of the forms. It's like a UC and Azul and something else. Um, oh, one of my favorite cards with an evolutionary form. But we got a Poochiana. I love a Mightyana. That was always one of my favorite cards when I played uh, Emerald and Ruby. There you go. So we had that. Uh, we got a Basculin. 50 HP on that. All my cards, the only one that was actually decent was that Overcool. It was 130, but that uh, Basculin was a 50. We got another Queefish. Or, yeah. God Queefish. damn, how many cards are in this pack? <laughs> We're still moving through. We got a Quillfish. That's what it is. I missed it. Quillfish. Quillfish is uh, that weird one that's like normally like 60 to 80 hit points. That is really yeah. awesome. Like, it it's, just it's looks like cool. Fish. Yeah, it just looks cool. Like, I don't think it ever so, does anything attack-wise that's, like, great. No. But, hey, it looks cool. But we that's the second week in a row that we actually pulled the evolutionary form of that. So that's interesting. All right, so we got a, man, er, a Mantine. About 110, right? Yeah, 110 on the Mantine. Oh, boy. The, oh, what is this? All right, that's oh, a very shiny card. That's a lot of ranging emotions that just happened. All right, we actually did get a, a decent pull. It's not good on the, like, HP, but we got a Radiant uh, Halucha. Halucha, wow. Yeah, we got a Radiant Halucha there, 90 Ooh. on that. That's interesting. Oh, we talked about a Radiant pack. I haven't had a Radiant yet. So, yeah, there we go. We got a 90 Halucha. Hopefully you can see that there. I'll make sure I post a picture of that, but that's the best card that we got so far on the deck. We got a Green Energy. And then I'm pretty sure that, oh, man, we got oh. two overquills in the pack. So you we did got what? Three, oh, we got another overquill, uh, overquill. I got hmm. two overquills in the pack. So within the last two weeks, I had three overquills and then two uh, two of the first form of it, which is a quillfish. But I, the the win of the pack so far this week was the Radiant Halucha. I don't think that'll I don't actually think do anything. That's, that's a very good win. I haven't seen it come that's through, so I can't judge it yet. But that's not a win. I'll send the picture to you now as I pull the camera down. But we'll we'll see what we got with with JC's pull here. 
All right, now i got to get everything set up. Here we go. There you go. As you do that, I'm going to send you a picture of this. So, again, bear with me. We're uh, really got to do something about the lighting in this in this apartment, but we got a different backdrop. So we got this blister pack, sweet-looking blister pack. And as uh, I've – oh, I just oh punted the camera. Sorry what to those. What did you do? I just punted my camera. I apologize you to those that. a camera? Yeah, it's, it's just the way she goes. All right, so we talked about these coin, Pokemon coin coasters. Got one of those. Where are you getting these from the Astral Radiant Packs? I have not gotten uh, those. That would be a uh, good old Walmart. And we got our code card. Yeah. I don't think I've ever shared a code card uh, on any social media. Fun fact. Uh, Toxel. This camera doesn't focus well in this lighting. And now we get to the main event. Astral Radiance Pack. We're going to open it. We got to get you that ASMR that you're so fond of. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm like one of the worst people. <laughs> My roommate from Las Vegas, he did it. Like, he would actually sit and listen to it. I was like, dude, how do you listen to it? Like, it just creeps me out. <laughs> the people that actually, like, just the card opening is fine. But, like, the people that just... So we got a secondary code card. Shout out you to got that. You code card? Well, I bought a blister pack, so yes. We got uh, a yeah. Leaf Energy. Hey. Per Ugly. Featherball. Never heard of this one. It's uh, shuffle your deck, or uh, search your deck, rather, for a Pokemon that has no retreat cost. Reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle your deck. You've pulled one of those before. You pulled one of those, like, one of the first weeks we did this. Well, there you go. Uh, Oxy. There you go. Sorry. Petlil. Stantler. Bergmite. Who Do we have a winner in this one, too? Hippopotas. Uh -oh. Send a quill, and we do. You can't see it on the camera. Well, now you can because I moved it in. Star me the baby. Full art with Misty just chilling out on a Pokeball. Oh uh, I, I don't even know. Uh, Pokeball pool floaty, if you will. Oh, sorry. Oh, camera. No. That's a dub. And then we follow it up with a Mespirit holographic. Ooh, so, Dub City, boys. And now all of a sudden, the tie was broken. And Damn. how do you like that? <clears throat> see if I can take well, a picture of this while I'm on a phone call with you. I don't know if the phone will work or not. I was going to we'll say, did you, see the, did you see the one that I sent you? Because it's not a winner, but it's actually a really, it, it's just a really cool card. I like it. Halucha. That is interesting. Yeah. Baby. That doesn't get you a win. Sorry. No, it doesn't. I've got my win, two two really cards. Good. I've got two cards on this poll that probably rank higher than that one. Let's see if I can get it. Oh, one hundred, dude, one hundred percent. I'm not saying I'm not saying that it isn't, but I just I like the card because I'm shining this in my ring light that I have right here. And dude, this actually it's really freaking cool if you shine it in the right light. So pardon like, the still, uh, bad lighting for the picture I'm about to send you, but Star Me V, <laughs> oh, it's no a full worries. art. That's a dub. And with that, I'm going to two wins. You're going to one win, and we have two draws. So, 
There we go. That uh, is that, I, that should count as a double win, but that star me V, that is lit. Oh, dude, yep. One hundred percent. Uh Miss Bricks, that's what it is. It's Azul, Miss Bricks and uh uh, unit. And that's a so hollow. I mean, those... you probably can't see it in that picture, yeah. but that's a hollow. This Starmie card is sweet, though. Dude, that is Misty's badass. Misty's just like chilling out in the floaty. Week. You'll love to yeah, see that's it. A, that's a badass card. I like it. That's a big win for the week. Yes. Another win. Another yeah. V card. And a full card. Or a full art card to boot. That's going to be going up on the old uh, TikTok page. And uh, we promised our... Go. Best segment, an hour and 36 minutes in for last, although pulling up. saved the best for last, and apparently (laughs) the man that did this saved it as well for the best. (laughs) Well, for those that aren't aware, and, you know, (laughs) a a lot of people are. Wow. I warned about an uh, an X-rated podcast, so I'm just going to go into it. Tommy Lee of Motley Crue shared a selfie on Twitter, or uh, Instagram, rather. So this will come out Friday. This is Thursday morning, but, like, we're talking, like, 3, 4, 5 in the morning. It Dude, was really early. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually make the comment. The lighting, though, was, like, like the man took time for this. Like It, it seemed that? purposeful. Took, I'm not going to lie. The man took time. What, was this? Was I'm this assuming you've. To... I'm assuming you've seen this picture that I'm talking about. Oh, 100. percent So okay, we're just because gonna go I'm in also... and we're gonna explain why <laughs> this is such a one of those where it's like, uh, what are we doing? Full dawn. So here, here's full here's dawn. 100. percent It shows in the picture. There's no attempt to crop it out. It's in there. You would think purposely. I'm not oh, even ashamed to say it. It's in there purposefully. <laughs> So and, this is and here's the, Oh my lord. So here, this is shown on stuff. Instagram and this is early morning hours. And so a lot of people seen it and if you didn't see it, I didn't see it. I wasn't awake at three in the morning. But you know, because social media is what it is, everybody that's seen it at some point now. And like oh, you yeah. said, there was a lot of thought that went with this. Man, there's yeah, just Tommy. too much framing, if you will, for those that have been in media, photography, oh, videography, man. whatever. There's too <laughs> much framing for this picture not to be. It's this isn't one you just send out and you go, oops, that happened. This is one you've thought about. Oh, dude. It. Oh, uh, the, the one. Okay, so this is the part that I was about to get at. So. Both of us are on the Covert Show Instagram, so you can find us both there that run the content on that. It's strictly us. I looked up because I was still on the Covert Show, but I, I thought I was on mine. I looked up Tommy Lee, and as soon as it popped up, as soon as I typed in T-O, it, it popped up as Tommy Lee. And I was like, okay, wait, hold It's on. trending what? in all the wrong reasons. Oh, dude. I mean, all I had to do it's was It's nice to know T-O. you're looking that up on the show's uh, Instagram, though. Save your own personal you Instagram. No, you looked up. No, you looked up Tommy Lee. But also. <laughs> Boy, blame it on me. Okay, I see how it is. Okay. Okay. But no, so, because I wanted because his Instagram took it down. And I wanted to see what, like, what everything leading up to that was on Tommy Lee's Instagram. Yeah, literally. Not, oh, dude. There is not anything that sits on Tommy Lee's Instagram that tells me it's like, all right, this guy's just going to completely one-up, just drop <laughs> drop that. 
He's, he's not going to whoop it out. Oh, yeah. Whip it, whip, it out for, whip it out for everybody to see. Yeah. But as soon as you go on to the good old Google. Or Twitter. Twitter's where I saw yeah, it. Twitter. Google, Twitter, whatever. As soon as you type in T.O., the first thing that is either going to come up is Tommy Lee or Tommy Lee Instagram. As soon as you click on that, it takes you to everything about it. And, dude, like he just said, this took time. This took effort. This took planning. He sat there and decided, huh, he probably woke up in the morning and already knew that this was going to happen. And his wife made a comment, or she made a post on TikTok that said that she looked and saw the Instagram feed, and she just laughed, and she just looked and then realized it was her husband's body and just went, oh, what the frickin' God damn! Dude! Like, oh my gosh, you cannot tell me that this man woke up this morning and chose violence just based off of this. This man woke up and just said, the, the, the world Time to obliterate the internet, me. baby. Tommy Lee just completely ran the show. Like, oh my gosh, that's too funny. Honestly, what, though, what? with him being in Molly Crew, he might not have woke up. He might have still been awake from the day before. <laughs> I don't know. Now so I'm curious <clears throat> while you talk. I'm going to look up if uh, where they're at on tour, if they're still out. And so that's the thing that also makes me just like kind of interested is so Motley Crue and there have been multiple. This isn't like, the first time that his uh, parts south of the border have been shown. It happened in the 90s as well. I learned through. Well, that doesn't, that lo- doesn't like me looking at this. But. So here, here's the thing that surprised me about Motley Crue. <clears throat> so the Dirt came out on, or Dirt came out on Netflix, or The Dirt, whatever. I forget what it's called. I think it is The Dirt. But um, that is according to experts and to everybody. That is the most on-spot, like close to call rendition of Motley Crue's life that there has been. Yeah. Band life, everything, like 100% everything. So if they decided to, quote-unquote, try to take a break from all of the drugs, drinking, whatever, granted, I don't know how much of it, like, actually proved or whatnot. You you saw them in concert, so I don't know. But to me, at this point in the game, like you just said, if they're on tour right now. For those wondering, on today, the 11th of August, last night was Buffalo, New York. Tomorrow, the oh. 12th of August, is Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So they're still well, – they're about – they're over halfway done with the uh, stadium tour with Joan Jett, Poison, and Def Leppard. Yeah. So they're on tour. So, so 90% of the – 90% of my thought – actually, I'm going to go with 99.9% of my thought was Bill's Mafia literally made him post a dick pic. <laughs> Bill's, Bill's Mafia <laughs> called out Tommy Lee. That's the only oh thing in Buffalo, God. New York last night. That is, or tonight especially, but like Buffalo. That's awesome. He was coming to Buffalo at the time that this was recording. The Bill's Mafia literally pick. said, "Dude, post it, or you're not you're not performing." And Tommy Lee just decided <laughs> to say, "Well, son of a bitch, gotta do it." <laughs> oh, wow, Come slandering on, just, Bill's Mafia to the max right dude, now. Wow, Jesus! Not, not trying to slander. Not trying. That's to hilarious. Actually, like, I just love Mafia how many. You know, looking at this, I'm a guy, somebody, you're a guy, I love commented, how many guys have looked at this picture. <laughs> That's the thing that strikes oh, me as funny. As I mean, you know, 
it's one of those of like okay but it's it's such an interesting like just how trending it got and then you get in this whole debate of okay i can't flash my breasts as a woman but the, for like you put that out on a tiktok or a twitter or a whatever it's going to get taken down within a half hour say this guy had a dong picture up for two and a half hours Dude, <laughs> how does okay, that happen so, <laughs> so can i ask the question there was a speaking of tiktok there was this weird thing going around it went around for two days like that doesn't limit it, it down half of what it goes on on tiktok is a weird thing that's passed around <laughs> No, dude, this was probably one of the weirdest things that I've seen on TikTok. Because every, I, from, I think half of my For You page within a day and a half at least, because this went on for two days, half of my For You page within a day and a half said, and also we've, we've lost all rating on this podcast, so it, it becomes X-rated at this it, point. It's after I dark. said it 25 minutes in, <laughs> we're still talking baseball, oh, yeah. that this was going to be X-rated with this one. You, you already knew it was oh, yeah. coming. So, there there was a thing that went on. I think it was like two weeks ago. It might have been a month, something within that realm. But two two weeks to a month, some random accounts were putting on everybody's for you page. I don't know how this happened, but it was tribes in Africa, and the women were not wearing tops. So there was literally bare naked ladies in that, Africa. That's been something that I've been watching Top Gear on uh i don't know amazon prime there we go and that yeah. is showing on that of that's just just how they are i hadn't seen that on tiktok well, but yeah that's but just no, the way was, she goes somebody, somebody was putting that on tiktok and everybody was like okay dude does anybody else see this on their for you page because it would be like three or four tiktok before you would actually get somebody else's funny video of like their dog or whatever but it would be four <laughs> videos of African Somebody hacked the algorithm, like, dude. Dude, I guess so. But Tommy Lee decided to hack Instagram and just say, hey, this is what we're going with. If you can't deal with it, deal with it. Dude, the next best thing, and this is not the next best thing, but the next best thing for Motley Crue to do would just say, hey, Mars, have at it, buddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> I... <laughs> Mars just comes out. And I don't know. Okay, He's kind of set the bar kind of high, though. Man, dude, you got to be Mar artistic as hell to top that. Oh, dude, Mick Mars is just a freaking like. Oh, that's too. I I wish I could have seen Motley Crue back in the day because I do. I was, I was a kid that was born in '98, raised on or like. Born on 2000s music, like all of the rap and everything that we listen to now, like the uh, contemporary country, all of that, like the, the contemporary last half of what could country. Be oh my yeah, god! The last half of what could be considered "quote unquote" if you actually want to go ask the country people country music. Because uh, I'm gonna try to be correct on that aspect because I don't freaking know what is the cutoff line. But I would actually prefer to slightly be 80s music born or raised because my parents literally any wow that we oh went on somebody born between 95 the two and 
Somebody born between 95 and 2000 that thinks they were born in the wrong era. What a surprise. Well, music-wise, otherwise the era that I live in, granted, besides everybody that decides they want to. Granted, between 2020 and now, which has been a nonstop shit show. Oh, yeah. Anybody (laughs) that was born between, like, the 2000s to maybe the 2005 cutoff is slightly okay, but still, and granted. Slightly okay. Taking a shot at the younger generation, I see that a kid. Dude, I'm not going to make any comment about it. Every generation has their own cuts. I'm guarantee you. Boomers. Boomers. So, anyways, my thing was the 80s music to me, that was what my parents put me on, and I just, I liked it because it was fun. Like, I vibed with it. And the funny part was is I don't think they, well, they probably would be 80s. But my dad is very good at, Naming the band within the first chord of the song, or like the first, like good for you him. You know what I mean? Like the first, yeah, yeah, dude. He can he can freaking name the band, and in some cases he can name the band and the album. Ooh, depending on well, like first chord of the song, or like the first few chords of the song leading up to right before the verse, or even with that. As soon as he hears the singer from the point to where the song starts to the singer, he can name it. Like he's he's very good on that part. That's like a TikTok. That's like a TikTok challenge going. Oh, dude, yes, 100%. If you're on this, we're going to TikTok challenge it. I don't think my dad would actually be up to going on my TikTok, but <laughs> he, oh, dude, I, I think if my dad went on TikTok, it would be the funniest oh shit ever, but I don't God, think he'd do it. That's great. But, dude, he would name that. And so, like, they would try to, him and my mom would test me on it. Oh, frick, I don't even know where this came from, but 90% of my guesses was either, one, I knew where the REO Speedwagon came from because I listened to it now. REO Speedwagon, there it is. They're going I on tour with Sticks, I think. Dude, they're coming to Des Moines in, December, in September. Oh, boy, there you go. One of my favorite bands. You better go. No, so, I want to, but, so, REO Speedwagon was one of the bands that I always tried to say. Anytime that, and this this is so bad, so any any 80s person that loves 80s music and is going to smite me on this, please do, please feel a little smite bit of remorse, you. because I was wow. a younger, I was a younger Jesus. kid. Anytime a Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, or just Tom Petty came on, I don't know what my favorite guest was coming from, but I always said Pearl Jam. Oh, dude! My dad. The first time I said oh, it, my dad looked around and he goes, "What the hell did you just say?" And I said, "I don't know about oh, that yeah. one, dude. That's not really that close, that dude." I and so it became the running joke. Anytime my dad asked me this, and the first guess that I was always going to say was Pearl Jam. So anytime that he now asked me this, "Hey Nick, is this Pearl Jam?" And I'm like, "Yeah, probably. I don't know." <laughs> even though I know it's probably Journey, oh, or even though I know it's probably God. like. ACDC or um, oh, what's another one? Um, well, now I actually know who Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers That's are. That's so because, great. Shit. Good job. Uh, cars. There was there was a Cars song, but okay. So here here's the here's the funny factor, and we're talking way into a rabbit hole on this one. So Cars and um, ELO. I love ELO one because Guardians of the Galaxy, and who doesn't love them because of that movie? But um, it was. The fact of ELO and cars are so electronic, it's just you can't find a difference in the piano riff in some cases just because, like, they're they're so, like, 
technologically on that on that synthesizer. And then shit, I could name eighties bands I just really love. I love listening to eighties music. It's so much fun. My mom used to always listen to seventies music too, so I got hooked on a lot of seventies. Seventies music is hella solid. The sweet fox on the run, little Willie. Oh my goodness, I go on and on about this. We we picked a bad time to start music two hours into this recording. We are around <laughs> hour forty or an hour fifty two. Yeah, I was gonna say we are um, rocking and rolling. I don't think we've had a podcast oh hit three hours yet. Just throwing that out there. Not that this one will, but you never know. Well, shit. Okay, so you want to talk about a podcast that might hit three hours? Can we? Can I slightly hint at the idea that we had just to see, and this could possibly be a clip that we take out? Oh, yeah. There we go. I like where this is going. All right. <laughs> so, JC and I, before the show, we were talking about this, because I last night we were supposed to record. So, when this comes out, hopefully on Friday, if not Saturday. We were oh, it's going to be Friday, brother. I promise you that. Well, I'm, I'm giving you a grace period. I'm not doubting your methods. I'm giving you a grace period in case some... Some shit comes up where your Wi-Fi decides to suck because God knows both of us have failed Wi-Fi problems sometimes in the last future. So true. So we talked about this, and we want to hear your guys' opinion on it, so we'll cut it out for social. And it, We're at an hour and 53 minutes for both recordings, or close to an hour and 53 minutes. So yep, that'll right give there. a timestamp. So here's the thing. Would you guys like it if we tried to do a podcast over one by myself, but if I ever go on a solo, but also me and JC both recording this on both of our audio boards and possibly video of us playing video games and doing a podcast over a video game. 100%, we've talked about it. We don't know if we're going to do the idea yet, but that is what we've tried to hint at. I'm going to tell you, I'm 1,000% on board for this. We both are. We are both a thousand percent on board for this. There's nothing and better than why. a weekend night of cracking <laughs> open an ice cold one with the boys oh, and dude. playing a video game. Dude, the best night probably to do this besides I, I personally think a Friday night would be the best night to do it. Yes. And we could we would try to possibly make it a quote unquote regular thing. And by regular we mean like maybe every like month or every two months. But we want to try to make it a special thing because it would be fun. We both think that it would be awesome to, one, not only crack open a cold one with the boys, but just bullshit like we usually do. Because we all know that this podcast is meant for, we like sports, we talk about it, but let's face it, we talked about Tommy Lee posting his posting his manhood on the damn Instagram. We talk about everything. We I, talk about it all. We talked about the off. Failed online dating scene more in the last three (laughs) episodes. We're, uh, we talk about a lot. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. So, like we said, we'll cut this part out. But also, if you're listening to the podcast, if you lasted two hours, if you're driving (laughs) up, shout out to you. Nebraska, Iowa. Yeah. Shout out to you if you made it two hours because. Cheers to you, dude or dudette yeah, that's 100%. made it this far. Yeah, also, this is going to go on the story because I'm going to po- I'm gonna post this on the good old Instagram story, so I'm taking a picture right now. But also, I'm, re- I'm re-listening to this tomorrow because, one, I always love re-listening to our shows because it's fun. I like to just remember what we talk about. But at the same time, dude, we 
we talk about some funny shit on the show. Yeah, we like, do. We go into it. We, <laughs> we we don't we don't try to stick it to one show. We don't try to stick it to one genre. We talk about it all. When RC's on here, we get him involved. He talks about it all. We talk about hex books. We talked about zoo pals for for <laughs> Lord's sake. I mean, we hell. talked about the t- two pound bag of dehydrated marshmallows. The marshmallows. one episode. <laughs> Dude, have we gone down a nostalgia road in a while? This is a bad thing to talk about an hour and 56 minutes in. There's no such time as a bad time to talk about nostalgia. I've got nothing, but if you've got something to talk about, there you go. We're going to have to plan it for the next episode or for the video game episode. But yeah, shout out to bringing this up during the show because, I don't know, I think it's a great idea of... Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's kind of what this show is, but... You know, I mean, I think the expectation would be, I mean, most of these shows end up being, you know, explicit or, you know, today's is going to be rated X because of the Tommy Lee thing. But, eh, hey, see what everybody thinks about it. Oh, 100%. And the best thing that I can say is just, like, if you guys are on a two-hour car ride or if you guys are on a longer car ride and you guys just want something in the background, 100%, tune us in. Because we'll, we'll make you laugh at some point. We'll make you actually talk about the NFL. We'll make you talk about the NBA. We'll make you talk about the MLB. The NBA might be hit or miss because neither one of us kind of like the NBA. But... And that's why we're going to talk about it when it comes season because I hate exactly. it. And you don't hate it as much as I do. At least I don't think. But I hate yeah. it. Oh, bandwagon. I don't have a team. I love sports, and I have a team for every single sport minus pro basketball. I don't have a pro basketball team because I don't like it. There you go. It it really doesn't help me of the fact that here's my team, and we've talked about this multiple times before. The Cubs, baseball, and the Royals, just because I'm close to Nebraska, um, and they're there. For NFL, it's the Broncos. I, I I was a Jay Cutler kid. I fell through the Cutler era. Early Madden, fell through it. I feel bad um, for you. See. Dude, don't, because I feel bad for myself. So you don't have to have the sympathy. I do. Well, and you, you also can't. Went through it with the Bears. Nothing's you went worse it than Bears. some self-pity about the Jay Cutler era. <laughs> you went through it with the Bears, so I understand your self-pity. Uh, the, um, fan- the phantom broken thumb in the title game. Don't remind me. Yep. As, and this is where my two bandwagon picks come in. I will say this because I can, and I don't care if you guys believe me. When I was a kid, I had NHL like 2001 or whatever. The first team that I saw was the Florida Panthers, so I picked them, and I was like, I played with them. I scored on everybody. It, I couldn't play online, but I, I beat everybody in like my season thing, whatever I did. So I became a Florida Panthers fan. Have I kept up with hockey? Hell freaking no. I don't know the, the damnedest thing about hockey. I can BS my way through a conversation. I don't know hockey. Basketball. This is the saddest story ever, so get ready. I was a dinosaur kid. I grew up on NBA 2K like 2001 again. 2001 was apparently like PS4 year. Or I had an original PlayStation, and I was like seven at the time. So way way after the PS1 came out, before I had a PS2, I had NBA and NHL 2001. 
Tracy McGrady and uh, Vince Carter decided to dunk on everybody and be the team for the Raptors, so I chose the Raptors, and I like dinosaurs, and I was like, hey, there's, an, there's a team that has a dinosaur, so that's what I went with. I'm still a decently loyal Raptors fan. I didn't watch a lot of games this year, mostly because I didn't have the time, but those are all my teams. So, Cubs, Broncos, Raptors, Panthers. Justifiable reason for all of them. You can call me a bandwagon on probably three of them. Well, all four of them, because they've all won championships or at least gotten to a playoff championship run within the last five years. So. There you go. I don't think I'm a bandwagon on any, because most of my teams are horrible. So, there's that. Well. <laughs> I oh loved boy. in 2015... Speaking of bandwagon, I loved in 2015 when all these random-ass Blue Jay fans came out of the woodwork oh, that you hadn't dude. seen all year, and you're like, you're such a bandwagon fan, and they didn't even try to hide it because Toronto hadn't been good for 20 years at that point. So there you go. And, yeah. And I guarantee you I was a Blue Jay fan they- before it was cool, my guy. That's all I've got to say on it. <laughs> I was born into a Cubs family, dude. My my uncle actually met Harry Carey. There's a picture in his basement with Harry Carey. And my dad has met Harry Carey. And I was like, oh, dude. As a broadcaster, when I first started, like, before, just before I met you, actually, like, because I went to college and I was like, dude, I want to do play-by-play sports. Harry Carey was my idol. Like, I, that was 100%. Drinking there. and broadcasting, it doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> well, then, damn, we got to go to Bob freaking Eaker at that point. <laughs> also, that's so, awesome. Okay, this week I was going to mention this last week, but sadly, one of the best broadcasters in sports history ended up passing away last week. Vince Scully sadly left the world after only being retired for a few years from baseball. He left the world, which is very sad. So, R.I.P. Vince Scully. Hopefully, he blesses everybody with a wonderful baseball season. And apparently with Dodger fans, it's always time for Dodger baseball. But I, I wanted to throw that out there, sadly, to stay on a bad note for the end of this podcast with two hours long. But if we're talking about the best broadcasters in history, I mean... Vin Scully, because I think I talked about this in my solo show, or we talked about it last week and you forgot, but we did talk about it because... Doc Emmerich for hockey is in there too. Of like, yep, Doc Emmerich. There are um, there are a lot of goats. Al Michaels for me is one that's like this guy. Really, Bob Costas is another one. There's a lot, but yeah, Vin Scully was one that if you wanted a story during your game, tune into Dodgers hockey or Dodgers baseball rather, and he will hockey. He will get you. He'll get you covered. One of my favorite, actually, of listening to. Brad Nessler used to be one of my favorites for college football. There you Greg go. Sharp for Hus- Greg Sharp for Husker football. Um, one of my actual favorites right now, <clears throat> uh, Gus Johnson. For oh God, yeah, dude. He, I don't, I don't care what sport he is. He is so entertaining. Just with all the random shit that he says, he he's just entertaining. You're not like, lying. He, he brings. He brings a vibe to whatever sport he's doing, and he goes, dude. That's he goes, because he just screams on the microphone the whole time. Oh, what what was it? It was the Ohio. It was Ohio versus or Ohio State. Just, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I have to say this. I don't even give a shit. <laughs> the 
The Ohio State University, baby. It was Big the Ohio Ten State powerhouse. Maryland. The Ohio State versus Maryland. I forget who the guy was that oh, made the man. hit as a defensive back for Ohio State, but he goes, he got barbecue back there, and you didn't invite me. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. Feelings. <laughs> oh, one of the best. And this slightly comes with being a light Texas fan, but oh, Oklahoma – Oklahoma versus Texas Red River rivalry Dicker, about the kicker. Yes, you remember it. it was Cameron Dicker, the kicker coming on. Uh, what a great name for a to, kicker, Dicker, dude, the coming, kicker, baby. Yeah, he was coming on to kick the oh, the, the game winning uh, game winning points. And just middles, middles the goalpost. Like, couldn't have hit it any better. And he, and Gus Johnson literally sits there, and you just heard us say it. He goes, kicker, the kicker. And just freaking, I'm literally sitting there, one, as a Texas fan, and I freaking hate Oklahoma for being both a Texas and Nebraska fan. I don't know how that's even possible. My parents don't know because I was dropped on my head. Apparently, I was dropped too hard. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god i was i was literally screaming running up and down Dicker, my, my parents. oh no i wasn't even i wasn't even home i was at college i was running up and down my dorm room oh, hall my parents or like my roommates are like what the freaking hell just happened my dad texted me and he goes what the hell is a dicker and i commented <laughs> the kicker what and i'm just the, laughing what my the ass hell is off a dicker <laughs> Because Johnson literally has oh the... Oh, my he, God. He gets some of the best freaking calls. Um, His Brandon he, he Stokely call in that oh, Bengals-Broncos game where he's like yeah. tipped up into the air. No, it's caught by Stokely. And you're like, oh, my God. He's so good. Um, He had... Uh, it was the 2013... 20... I think it was anywhere between 2012 and 2014. I think it was 2013. I'm going to stick to that. Everybody can comment on me. It's (laughs) sadly going to be a Nebraska comment, but Kenny Bell makes the biggest block, one in Nebraska history, but two, one of the best-known blocks in college football. If you haven't seen it, go look at Kenny Bell Big Ten Championship block against Wisconsin. Or just Kenny Bell. Blocked, well, as Wisconsin would go on to score 70 points and beat the living dog shit out of Nebraska. <laughs> exactly. This was the highlight of the game. I will stand by this till the day that I die. The fact that he got, the fact that Kenny Bell got called for that just soft ass snowflake shit. Holy crap. Johnson goes. Gus Johnson literally made that call 10 times better because Kenny Bell comes running across the field, lays out a linebacker from Wisconsin, and he goes, oh, Kenny Bell. And that was the only thing that you heard and just the fact of the hit, and you just watch Kenny Bell just walk with the amount of swag of Baker Mayfield and just say, yeah, I just, I pretty much <laughs> fucked up your day, bud. I That's too funny. I will get astounded by that. I don't even care that it's Nebraska. I just get a fact of... Gus Johnson literally said, oh, Kenny Bell, and shut the hell up as Kenny Bell's still walking over the wide receiver. Or the not the wide receiver. He's walking over the linebacker. And I'm just like, The disrespect. The disrespect of both him and Gus Johnson. And Gus Johnson, all he had to do was just say two words. <laughs> that was, That's it, the it, perks of broadcasting on TV. 
he has to call it. He has to tell it how it is. And he just chooses to say, oh, Kenny Bell. <laughs> and just the fact of that matter, I was like, dude, oh, man's done. That's so great. Gus, Gus Johnson, he might not be probably – I don't know where he stands on everybody's scale of, like, best broadcasters. See, to me, he is number one on my most entertaining. I love – I will watch Fox, Fox Sports anytime he's on it. See, Gus Johnson's the weird one because you went to broadcast – you went to – in your degree, you learned broadcasting to a certain degree. Oh, yeah. The fun thing about Gus Johnson is he does everything that every broadcasting professor tells you not to do. Don't use these, like, shticks, if you will. Don't use these, like, oh, yeah. unnecessary phrases. Don't use this, like, cutesy shit. Gus Johnson does it, and it works. He's one of the only ones that I've ever heard that, like, it genuinely works almost every single time. But like oh, yeah. I said, 100%. he just screams about certain things. And it's entertaining um, as hell to listen to. Who is it? Is it and is it Sean McDonough? Is that who I'm thinking of? The one that has the voice cracks all the time? Yep, Sean McDonough. That's him, yeah. The 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 best the best. And you already know where I'm going with this. And if you don't, you are not a football fan at all, whether it's college or NFL. Um, Michigan, Michigan State. His voice He's cracks dead. don't necessarily even happen on this one. The voice crack dude. one is the Titans and the Chiefs. No, dude. Have you heard? And I'm going to – oh, man, dude. You Sean McDonough com- commentary on the Michigan Michigan State game is, and it's blocked. And as he's running to it's the end blocked. zone, oh my god, it's in oh, the end zone! Touchdown! Oh my gosh, dude! Like the Chiefs Titans game is is one, but dude, his the, voice cracks in the Chiefs Titans game. Oh my that god! That one's good as well. <laughs> he's and oh my god because of how. His voice is already just emotional. Like, his voice is just on that point of it's like, all right, where where can I decide to crack? I don't In think he decides game, to crack. I think his voice just does oh, crack. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, he just gets so emotionally invested in everything to where it almost sounds like he's going to tear up as soon as he makes the damn call. <laughs> yeah, there's that, too. But... Holy shit, man. We're two hours and ten minutes in. I think our... I'm trying to think of what our record was. I think we had 240 for one, but that's been a long time ago. Back when we had Steven on the show. Yep, I remember that one. But that one went to like 1.30 in the morning. But yeah, we're going to have to bring this video game thing uh, to an idea. We're going to have to find a creative name for it, but it's a good idea. We should definitely do it. 100%. But so, with that, unless you've got anything we, else, <laughs> nope. I feel I like you're trying to cut it off out. at two ten. <laughs> I still got a shower, man. I I went to the gym this afternoon. I've good I for made you. Dinner as soon as I got home. Good for you. Like, and dude. on that high note, we're gonna <laughs> shut her down. Podcast thirty three. You can check out the Covert Show on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Twitter, all at the Covert Show, were easy to find. 
We've made it the same thing through and through. And thecovertshow at gmail.com is our uh, Gmail to get a hold of us. We've got a couple bands that might be coming in throughout the uh, coming months, so we got that to look forward to. We got the football preview to look forward to. So with that, for Nick, I'm JC saying thank you for listening. It's podcast number 33 of The Covert Show right here on Spotify and on Podbean.